when we not talk about family when family's all that we got everything i would do you were standing there by my side and now you're gonna be with me for the last time hello and welcome to too fast too forever there's all kinds of family we chose this one this is episode 18 furious 7 lap 2 i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and this episode is brought to you by kleenex tissue Kleenex tissue was first introduced in 1924 when a package of 100 sheets was sold for 65 cents. Although it was originally marketed as a cold cream remover, people use tissues many other ways, especially as a disposable handkerchief. If you teared up at the end like I did, remember to just reach over, grab a Kleenex. Shout out Kleenex tissues. Are you one of those people? I don't understand the people. Like, you know how some people call like all MP3 players iPods? Like, some people call all tissues Kleenex. And like, I don't, that's a very specific thing that I've never done. And I also don't know anybody who does that. Like, oh, hand me a Kleenex. No, I do call them Kleenex if they are Kleenex. But I'm not the right person to ask about that specific one because in the lab we have Kim wipes. So we alternate between Kim wipes and clean. Like if I'm in the lab, I'm like, grab a Kim wipe. That's even weirder. Well, they're Kimberly Clark brand wipes. I know that, but like, so, so, okay. So which is, hypo- a, which is a hypothetically company. speaking, you're at uh, resident historian Mike Manzi's house, right? And yeah. you have to blow your nose and you say, hand me a what? I'd say, do you got any Kleenex? Any okay. Really so you Kleenex? are one of the people who says Kleenex. But at the same time, I don't do that with cars or iPods or stuff, other stuff. Do you say Q-tip or do you say cotton swab? Uh, well, I don't use either. I guess I would say Q-tip. That's a brand. Yeah. Well, do people do that with cars? Yeah, they'll be like, my Honda instead of my car. I feel like that's different. It's the same thing. No, because you're not referring to all cars as Hondas. Yeah, like, okay. some people refer to all tissues as Kleenex, right? It's not like, oh, you going to get your Honda? It's like, well, I don't I don't have a Honda. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. that's a, there's a difference there. Do you call it cling wrap or saran wrap? I don't think I've ever referred, like, just plastic wrap. You must have pretend bought a house, because if you don't have any opinions on any of these, what the fuck I do you have I just don't refer to things. I mean, I live alone. <laughs> I don't need to ask people for things. I also, I've never used a Q-tip on my ears, I don't think, or a Why? cotton swab. How do you live? Carefully. Weird. Okay. I use I've used them on like uh, Nintendo games, like NES games, SNES games to wipe off that gunk to make it play better. So you just have like shitty, dirty ears all the time. No, I use a, a washcloth in the shower to wash out my ears. Yeah, but you don't get that good wax clean. Ugh. Okay, whatever, dude. So yes, I have I have dirty ears apparently. Well, here we are, lap two of Too Fast, Too Forever, Furious Seven. Joining us after the break will be. This is actually, I was, I was thinking, Joe, this is the second yeah. time in four episodes, second time this lap, that our guest is someone that we met on Letterboxd. That's cool. So you seem to find a lot of cool people on Letterboxd. Letterboxd is a mixture of cool people and then high school girls who might also be cool people and then <laughs> people who don't know how to communicate with others and just do it through their words on Letterboxd, which Fair. you know generally drives them to pretty popular because they are very poetic and very impassioned by their by their speech you know we found liam i think as we talked about on the fast and furious episode because he was the only other person in the world who had reviewed the really really early zach efron movie we were talking about yeah austin and i uh, i I talked about this on our 15 minutes episode of keanu club he was on there with me and resident story mike manzi yeah i found him because i was watching there's a movie called can't stop the music which is a village people movie but not a village people musical uh, it's a very strange movie, and uh, how does it get made? It's did a movie it? with the village people, but they're not singing. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Well, the, I, there's there's music, but it's not like it's not a musical. It's not in a musical. How, I get it. Right. Yeah. How does it get made? Cover it. We talked about that that podcast a lot on here because I love that. And I found a lot of good and weird movies, and I was like, I wonder. This was after we had done started doing you know the letterbox game and stuff like that. Yeah. 
on their other podcast, and I was like, I wonder if there's anybody in the world who this is one of their top four movies. And I went, I clicked around, there's like four people. One of these guys, one of the people, Austin Wolf Southern, the guy who we're talking to tonight, yeah, had that movie, uh, a Nicolas Cage movie. Wow. One of our favorite Keanu Reeves movies that Mike and I had never heard of before we started watching it, and also Sleepaway Camp. Or uh, maybe maybe there wasn't a Cage movie, maybe there was Spring Breakers. There's like five movies that he likes. Okay. Cycles, and I'm like, I'm like wow. oh, this guy has right all the alley. same taste as me. Yeah. We need to be friends. Yeah. And so we reached out. He was on uh, an episode of 15... He was on 15 Minutes, an episode of Ke- uh, Charlize Theron of Watch the Throne. He was on an episode of Mike's show, Third Time's a Charm. And now here he is tonight, in a little bit, to talk about Furious 7... And I'm very excited. I'm excited, too. It's going to be a good one. And we will talk to him in a little bit. But before we get there, we have some things to do. First up, extracurricular activities. Okay. You teased in the last episode you were going to Ottawa to see a hockey game. Oh, fuck. I haven't covered that yet, either. Basically, between the time that we recorded and released the last episode, you had gone and come back. But no, we have not talked about it on the show yet. Yes, so I went to Ottawa for the game, which the Penguins lost, so that was kind of sad, but um, Bummer. Yeah, we sat on the glass, we saw a really fun game, Rachel got heckled and, and almost fought some guys behind us, that was pretty funny, and, but no, generally it was a cool arena, Ottawa was a cool time, I liked it there, I would go back. How's the bathroom situation? Much better than Montreal, they had like Good. bathrooms like every, you know, section or two, very easy to get to the bathroom, lots of cool food choices, lots of interesting things, like the whole upper deck is like, you can get everything there and you can kind of do full sweeps like the baseball stadiums you know what i mean like you could go like sure, all the yep, way around the yep, upper deck mm-hmm. and there was like barbecue and uh stores and like many different types of food and poutineries and all kinds of that stuff i think it was really cool much newer but they're also trying to build a new stadium but anyways good time thumbs up recommend it Ottawa was cool in general minus it's snowing as we were trying to drive up there so have you been to uh, a maple leafs game or no no i have not been to a maple leafs game but that's because that's my list. also doable too if you're going to montreal you're going to ottawa that's probably even closer than both of them no it's a little bit further oh i guess maybe from you because you're more east yeah. i don't know okay because i guess you have to exactly. go west to get there yeah mm-hmm. all right it's, it's, it's close to it's close it's almost as far as ottawa but the tickets are usually a lot more expensive because city and they like love their team and their team's doing really well right now so it's a gotcha. harder to get there. Um, that was oh, my first one. Do you want to go back and forth, or do you want to go... Sure, I'll do a, I'll do a little one real quick. So I watched... It's not really a thing that I did, but I saw... I told you a little bit about this. I saw Wreck-It Ralph 2, uh, Ralph oh, cool. Breaks the Internet. And? and the reason I bring it up... The movie's not great, but it's fun. It's very slow Wreck-It to Ralph get going. One. I love the first one. Yeah, me too. Okay. And also, somebody that, you know, Tobin Addington, who was on the first episode of this lap who co-hosts The Contenders with his sister, Island? Shout out Tobin and Island. Tobin mm. went to school with someone who I think wrote that or maybe directed it, the wow. first Wreck-It Ralph. Jesus, uh, yeah, okay. He's got a couple people that he went to college with for screenwriting or maybe got his master's with or something that all became like very... You know, Tobin has sold scripts. He's also successful in his own right. I don't want to yeah, belittle him. Yeah, downplay him, for sure. His, his friends, uh, he, he knows the person who's friendly with the person who either wrote or directed Wreck-It Ralph, so very cool. So anyway, the second one is not as good. It takes a while to get going. It's pretty predictable. However, However, there's a couple things in there that are really good that I won't spoil too much, but for the purposes of this podcast, yes. we know that Gal Gadot, a.k.a. Giselle from 456, and also, again, credited in this one because there's a picture of her. I don't know why. Yeah. But she is in Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, 
and she plays a racer. Like, she plays, like, this basically a badass, like, not biker chick, but, like, badass, like, gang leader of, like, this, you know, well, racing, racing video game. racing in the game. first one, yeah. Yes, and she's, so it's a racing video game, it's like an adult racing video game that Vanellope Von Schweetz, like, sort of goes to and falls in love with, but there are so many, I caught at least three or four different uh, Fast and Furious references. I'm excited. They mentioned family at one point when they're talking Ooh. to her. They Tokyo drift around a Japanese restaurant. <laughs> they uh, don't ruin them. Don't ruin them. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. But there's a couple others. I was just okay. like, oh, this is so good. And it's just the movie's not. Gr- I mean, the movie's fun, and I recommend watching it. You know, yeah. Either go see it in theaters if you want, or wait for it to come out at home movie. Like, definitely watch it, especially if you're a Fast and Furious fan. They're very cool little sort of Easter egg sort of little jokes. And she's not in the movie a ton, but sort of the middle chunk of the movie is about her character. Okay. And cool. it's uh, definitely worth checking out because it's, you know, it's clear that the people who made that movie or at least wrote it or whatever love these movies. And it's always cool to see that in other places. Amen. I agree. What else you got? Little update. I hurt my foot last time I told you about that. Today I went to the doctors and I don't have to wear this stupid boot anymore. I'm in like a little brace thing. So I'm moving on up. Um, okay. Yeah, didn't break anything when I fucked up my ankle. It's feeling shitty, but better, and good. that's doing good. And the last thing was is we just did Thanksgiving, Uh huh. and Rachel's parents came to visit, and one of the most fun things we did was we went to an escape the room, finally. Escape like room, yeah, yeah, yeah. Escape room, yeah. And we've been talking about this forever um, between our friends and stuff. We finally went to one, and it was really, really fun. And I was very proud of, like, how our team just kind of, like, split and everybody just started conquering random shit, like, you know what I mean? Like, in pairs of twos, Mm -hmm. almost. Yeah. Yeah, we did it really fast for never doing an escape escape room before, and I was proud of it, so that was it. It's fun. If if you guys have anyone, any one of those near you, I mean, like, I obviously can't vouch for all of them, but it's a cool idea, so I liked it, yeah. Uh, I did, on Thanksgiving weekend, my sister flew up from Texas, so she was here, so that was cool. On Friday, on Black Friday, we had our fancy baseball winter meetings where we all get Mm -hmm. drunk and yell at each other and change the rules. We had that at our Russian Banya, the Russian bathhouse that we go to sometimes, Yeah, it was great. But before that, I was telling you... I went to a brewery called Icarus Brewing in Lakewood, New Jersey, and Icarus is really good stuff. It's a really cool spot, and they have really delicious beers. I am finishing up the fourth of four Power Juicer beers, an Imperial IPA, which I'm not drinking a Corona, but this is a delicious, delicious beer. So uh, shout out Icarus, shout out just beer in general. Yeah, beer in general, for sure. We've been doing a lot of beering. Um, Matt came up because he's back for Thanksgiving, brought a bunch of beers that he found in Atlanta back with him. So we've been doing lots of beering there too. So Very cool. Next segment we have is our mailbag segment. Is there anything else you want to say about uh, the last two no. weeks? Because I have not done much of all, much of anything at all, really. I've done a ton I just... of stuff, but that was, the, that was the good stuff. I gave you guys the good stuff. Actually, before we get to the mailbag segment, real quick, just a friendly reminder that we are on Patreon. If you want to support us, you can get some cool merch get some exclusive audio content, all sorts of stuff, patreon.com slash too fast to forever. One of our patrons gets a shout out here on the show, Cassie Wilson, shout out Cassie Wilson. Thank you for supporting too fast to forever. We love you. All right. Mailbag time. We have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me. Write in, say hello, give us your thoughts of the episode, send us car pictures. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to do, send hate mail, whatever you want whatever to you read want. or write, I will read on air. Yes. Our friend Wes Hampton once again wrote in to the episode, to the show, uh, to talk about Ride or Die, more like Ride and Cry at Furious 7 
from West Hampton. What up, fam? Excellent last episode, as always. Jordan was a great guest. I looked her up on Instagram, and her circus stuff is nuts. Side note, doing that circus. Do that circus. We have a kind of similar entry into the Fast and Furious franchise, except that I actually watched the first one a bunch when I was in high school, so I have a nostalgic attachment to the one, to that one, that she and Joey obviously don't have. Obviously, she had some great insights. It was nice that she, too, is such a fan of the series. Yeah. Just a few things this week. Joey, hope your ankle's feeling better. Foot it problems are no joke. They're not. I hope it wasn't your clutch foot, or you're going to have some problems in your quarter miles. I'm, I've been I've been granny shifting, not double clutching like I'm supposed to. You guys seem confused at the phrase head cannon, which we were, which we could have Googled but didn't, which I'm glad that, you know, Wes wrote in about. So, which I guess you would be familiar with just from talking about movies and pop culture all the time, but that's what I get for assuming. Head cannon's basically a theory about a story or work of fiction that isn't actually part of the work but that you as a fan have chosen to believe as fact. Okay. It's canon, but only in your head, so that makes ah, sense. Like, that's totally clear, yeah. Not everyone follows this rule, but in my mind it really only makes sense if it doesn't expressly contradict some established lore. For example, the Hobbes' gay-slash-asexual theory could be considered headcanon because there's no evidence that he's not gay or asexual, and you could easily imagine this being true without it affecting or altering anything already established by the current films. I've pretty much accepted it as fact until they expressly deny it in a future film. And I did take a note tonight about is he gay or not, but we will talk about it when Austin is on, because I want to get his thoughts on this. Jordan's story about being confused by the naming convention of the Fast and Furious movies and starting four first happened to me, but with a different series. When I was younger, I was looking for a few movies to rent one night, and I remember hearing a lot about Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Have you seen these movies, Joe, or no? Yeah, yeah. We did them for a film club a couple years back. Oh, before I was... Okay. Yeah. The Real Bad podcast on our network did all three of these movies, and then they also did the TV show, the Ash vs. Evil Dead. So they're a real mixed bag. Some some of them the, the host loves, some of them they don't really. Yeah. Um, but if you like those movies, if you want to go check those out, check out The Real Bad watched, podcast. I think Rachel and I watched one and two and the new one. I think we might have done all of them. Oh, the new one. We also Oh, we also did the new one for Cinemakers, me and Resident Story Mike Manzi and the you host of Real Bad. Uh, I really don't like the new one. Oh, we thought it was fun. Okay. Uh, I have problems with it in a few different ways, which listen to our episode on Cinemakers at cageglove.me. He had no idea they were related in any way. He just coincidentally decided to rent them on the same night. So he started <laughs> Army of Darkness first, but knew enough about Evil Dead 2. Like 10 minutes in, he got really confused about the character of the Chainsaw, or Chainsaw Hand, also being in this movie. So he switched over to Evil Dead 2 and couldn't believe that I had, they had no idea that they were part of the same series. That's so funny. That's really funny. It wor- Everything works out sometimes. Yeah, dude, that was very serendipitous. I liked it. Yeah, Joey, I hate to fuel this argument further, which I, when I read this the first time, I was like, uh-oh, give first shift, but no, it's a different one. I was really thinking you were going there. Go ahead. <laughs> Maybe you've done the research, but the vowel sound in oil is a diphthong, uh, two vowel sounds sliding from one to the other, and the number of syllables really depends on your dialect and pronunciation. I would say two syllables... There's a strong case to be made for one. That's the whole root of this argument. We've we pretty much just had a new both ways. GIF, GIF argument with oil one or two. So, oil, oil. It's too- I can see you standing there doing it and clapping. I did. That's it. The, I know. I can, yeah. The thing is, it just it, it didn't take much for my brain to be like, that's exactly what you look like doing it. <laughs> okay. Maybe we add that to our either or questions for guests on the show. Is oil Ooh. one or two syllables? Good one. Yeah, I like it. has okay. nothing to do with the, the, the movies, but has to do with the show. Okay. I should have said this for the last episode, but I didn't think about it. My friend has a band in Phoenix, Arizona, and a few months ago, they put out a music video, and to me, their new drummer looks like fake Dom from the, bat- the beginning of Fast and Furious 6. 
Uh, I told my buddy that. He had to explain who it was because he hadn't seen the movies, which, Wes, be a better friend. Make him see the movies. That's what I'm saying. And he laughed and said that they call him Vin Diesel's stunt double. Here's a link to the video, but I'll include a screenshot at the bottom, which I'll put in your, I'll put right here. Hang on. Yeah, he definitely looks, looks like fake Dom in the room, like when The Rock comes into the, the room to yeah. fight him. Yeah, exactly. Throws him through the ceiling or whatever. Uh, he says, lastly, I, the other day I found the which character are you quiz you guys do on the show. I won't spoil who I am. But I will say I'm pretty sure it's a new one. Ooh. I don't know if I'm cool enough to really be this person, but one thing I can tell you for sure, I drive like the wind blows. <laughs> Which, Gets yep. every I, I'm guessing he got Letty because he's the only, or she's the only one we have not gotten. Kind of, maybe. But we don't know how many there are. So He, he has another car picture in here, which we'll talk about later. And he says, that's all I've got today. I'm excited to hear the Furious 7 episode. I have a strong emotional attachment to this one. Like most fans, I assume, even though it's one of the sillier movies. Until next time, Wes. Well, thank you, Wes. Shout out, Wes. Uh, thank you for writing in. If you want to write in, have your email read on air. Family at cageclub.me. Email us. We'll read anything you say on air. On the streets. I have, I have one. Go for it. This is weird. This is like a. Th- this is like kind of new news. I don't know if it's new news or not. We might need to like look up if it's. Yeah, it's being released recently, but they're releasing a new I am Paul Walker. We knew that. We yeah, we knew that. Well, they released like the trailer for the new I am. Oh, Paul it was Walker. supposed to come out Thanksgiving weekend. It should have been out by now. Okay, cool. But didn't we watch I am Paul Walker? We watched I am Paul Walker, but there's a different one. I don't remember what it's called. It's called I am Paul Walker. No. Yes. Because this is from, it will be released VOD November 30th. Hmm. Oh, it's a 30-minute thir- extended cut of the one that we saw. Oh. Yes. No, I, I don't have interest in that. I'm sorry. Like, I'd, I would watch a 30 minutes separately, but I don't. I didn't find that interesting enough to rewatch the entire thing. Yeah. If you liked that, if you liked our episode on it, which we did an episode on it, they're doing a director's cut version with 30 more minutes of it. Because when we first watched it, or maybe like shortly after we watched the documentary, we had found news that there was going to be another one. That's something different. Is it? I think it's something different, Because yeah. it was supposed to come out around now, or by the end of the year, because remember, he died around uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, because it's, it's the fifth anniversary of it, like, right, right now. Right, and so I thought it was a separate movie altogether. Maybe it is, maybe, I don't know, I don't know what. Yeah, same. I'm a little lost. All right, interesting, lost interesting. Right Keep it in your memory banks, though. The only thing I really have to bring up here is that uh, the basically every time The Rock posts something on Instagram because he's got, you know... Actually, I want I, I, let's play a game. How many followers do you think he has on Instagram? I think Kim Kardashian has about, like, what, like 20 million or something stupid like that. I bet The Rock has, like, 2.5 million. Kim Kardashian, for the record, has 120 million. Jesus. The Rock, Mr. The Rock, 122 million. Damn. Is more so you're only than off by Kim? 120 million. Damn. Okay. But basically, every time he posts anything on Instagram, because so many people see it, it becomes news or quote unquote news. Yeah, exactly. And so his daughter gave him a makeover lately, where she painted his face before he had to go out. That's you know, cool. He's hard to work on some new movie or some new franchise or yeah. something. Working out more for Hobbs and Shaw. They introduced uh, a new little girl character for Hobbs and Shaw. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh. I don't think he mentioned how she plays into the story. He's like, she's in it. Yeah. But basically, a lot of my on the streets now, now that the episodes are coming out more frequently, is just whatever I see The Rock post on Instagram, and it's good stuff. I'm stoked for it. I see I, I see him on Instagram a lot, so I get stoked whenever he posts new stuff. He was yeah. slanging... Uh, under Armour headphones today, and I was looking at them. All right, new lap observations. What Ooh. did you notice this time around? 
One thing here before we bring before before we take a break, bring in Austin Wolf Southern. What did you notice this time around that you never noticed before while watching Fury Seven? They want to talk about now. This is gonna totally out me really badly. I didn't notice that there was a second baby storyline. Just don't remember that at all until this watch. Oh. I totally was like, she was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. Like, we're going to have a little girl. And there's, like, this second Mia baby storyline that just, like, totally was lost on me. I, like, if you had asked me that last lap, I couldn't have been able to tell you it. I would have You know, no I wonder if that's a thing that they was always in the script that gave extra weight to, you know, Brian before Paul Walker died. That, that would have given extra weight to Brian joining Dom for this explosive, dangerous yeah. mission. Or if that was a thing that they wrote in to give him extra reason to sort of retire. You know what I mean? Like, because we know uh, yeah, that they used his they brothers and CGI to put his face on. Like, they could have just done the phone call. Like, you know, there, there's different yeah. things that they could have done. We'll find out on a future lap when we do some research. Yeah, I have no idea. Good. What's your What's your new observation this time? It's not really a big one, because I'm going to save some stuff for the episode. But I did notice, so, you know, last time we were talking about how The Rock called... Uh, Gina Carano, woman, and why yes. Jordan found that offensive. Yes. He calls two different women in this movie woman. He calls Elena woman early on. Yes. And he calls Letty woman at the end of the movie. And I was just like, it just feels like a character trait for him, but I can also, I can still yeah. see where Jordan's coming from. It can but now, I, like, now it, but yeah. it sticks in my head when somebody says it. Well, actually, I didn't, you know what I didn't notice? Maybe I missed it. Did somebody say fuck in this movie? Who gets the fuck? I didn't catch it. I didn't hear it either. Huh. I huh. Know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see if Austin remembers that, if, if he caught it or not. But, you know, we will we'll take a quick break, bring Austin in here, ask him about the fuck, give him the <laughs> full family welcome, family rundown. See who gave the fuck? Yeah. I got some other stuff to talk about for sure. But okay. we'll be right back here on Furious 7, Lap 2. back to Too Fast, Too Forever, Lap 2, Furious 7. I'd like to take a second to shout out our sponsor, Kleenex, and to explain how Kleenex tissue got its name, it is necessary to go back to 1920 and the development of our first consumer product, Kotex Feminine Napkins. Our Kotex trademark was derived from the words cotton texture and met our requirements for being short, easy to say, easy to remember, and easy to explain. Kleenex tissue was originally designed in 1924 as a cold cream remover, hence the clean portion of the word. Then it became Kleenex. So thank you, huh. Kleenex. Yeah. See, you, and you learned something today. I'm going to forget it. By the time we finish recording, I will have forgotten that, but I did learn something new. Yeah, next time you're playing Jeopardy, you know, there you go. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm not really in the Jeopardy mindset. I'm more in the uh, crossword mindset because okay. uh, a friend of the show, Melissa Lynham, and I had a 110-day crossword streak snapped, but we are now... 107 days and counting. Ugh. So by the time this episode comes out, unless something apocalyptic happens, uh, she and I will have surpassed our previous record. But knock on wood, we will surpass Good that. Luck. Good luck. With us today to talk about Furious 7, to talk about that movie that you might need tissues for. We mentioned him before the break. Uh, he is a comedian. He is a YouTuber, a film reviewer. Uh, Joe, I think I told you, I don't know if you watch any of his, but yeah, I you know, one thing that Mike and I both really enjoy about uh, our guest is his Instagram story reviews that he condenses or combines no, I didn't see to these. a YouTube movie. Okay. 
It is Austin Wolf Southern. Hello, Austin. Hi, I'm excited to be here. It's, Thank it's you weird. so much. It's weird hearing myself introduced. And I also ran out of credits. steam like two thirds of the way through that, and I apologize. I was like, I have things to say, and I just don't know the order of words to say. So <laughs> you're here, yeah. though. This is my first introduction as a YouTuber. Well, I think I mean now. It's I mean not now you inaccurate. are. Uh, you and your cats. We're all. I mean, three cat guys in this podcast. That's, I can tell you that much. I got brother cats. Oh, He's running nice. around bitching right now. So yep. I was trying to find. I was trying to think like you know who could we have on that could bring you know a new perspective, a new voice, uh, maybe some new listeners. And I went on Letterbox and I looked and you you had given this movie a very good review, uh, at least a very high mm-hmm. score. And I was just like, oh, Austin is a good guy who knows movies and like loves the same kind of movies that we do. Let's get him on here and talk about Furious 7. Now, Austin, mm-hmm. what is your history with these movies? Have you seen all eight? Yes. Yeah, this series is very Im- important to me. Good. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you why don't you talk a little bit about uh your your relationship, your history with the series? When did you see this one? When did you see the first one? I want to know everything about it. Okay. So I saw the first 3 not in theaters. I think I just rented them to like just to watch them so that Tokyo okay. Drift was out and then I just watched them, you know, not like in a row like a marathon but you know just watch them all like over a couple of months so that was before the fourth one came out and i just watched them as movies i thought they were good at that time i loved tokyo drift i thought tokyo drift was maybe the best one same yeah i'm a huge fan huge fans of tokyo drift over here yeah at least oh that's great yeah and i i still love it it's not you know on the same level for me for my four-year anniversary with my girlfriend, oh, there was okay. there was a drive-in. We were living in San Francisco, and there's a drive-in in San Jose that had like a free movie night that fell right on our anniversary. And there oh, were okay, and they had three movie selections, and you could choose a double feature of any of the three movies. Okay, and it was The Wizard of Oz, The Fast and the Furious, the first one, and Selena. <laughs> It's a good combo. <laughs> so I think I honestly think it'd be kind of hard to pick three movies that are more different. Yeah, and then than those three. We also had to pick only two of those three. <laughs> so I really wanted to watch like all three of them. But you could do a double feature of any combination of those. But then they would like switch the prints around or something, and then so you could only see two of them. So <laughs> she had okay. never seen. Fast and the Furious, and I had never seen Selena, and we had both seen Wizard of Oz. I mean, not at a drive-in, but we had both seen it. So we saw a double feature of the Fast and the Furious and Selena. (laughs) And it was the greatest... That's a great way to see it. It was the greatest double feature of my life. Now, Austin, I I want you to know that you are living our dream. Like, we realized, maybe two or three episodes ago, we're like, there's gotta be a drive-in that shows these movies. It feels like, in a way... Mm -hmm the best way to watch these movies oh absolutely was it a completely different experience like you being in the car yeah a little bit it was more exciting and i definitely liked the movie more and then just like she really loved the movie and she is like totally in love with the series now and i also really really loved selena <laughs> very <laughs> very moving picture that was just like we just couldn't believe that 
this event just fell on our anniversary and that we were just like so lucky and it just do they like, do they happened. mean something special to your relationship now do you like you guys like be like oh the new fast and the furious is coming out we have to see it you know yeah absolutely like, do you see them together like as a that's really cool yeah okay. so we saw the fourth one fast and furious when it came out at the same drive-in we went to see it okay okay from then on we haven't gone back to we haven't seen the drive-in again gone back to the drive-in but we've seen every movie since then we've seen the thursday night midnight show when it opens oh awesome wow yeah okay cool hardcore fans yeah Yeah. you know joe i'm really excited now we actually have someone with a personal experience to relate to on the it's our anniversary question which we will get to later i was thinking that when he said Mm -hmm. it i was like it's gonna be really hard for him to answer that question because he did answer it with every answer so uh, awesome! I, I, we, we won't, right. we, we won't no tease it anymore. We'll we'll let you know when we get to something. There's a little bit of something special. Just so you know, you have us all excited right now with, yeah. with your with your stories now. So okay. we're excited for that. Okay, you've seen all eight, and now you've seen all eight with your girlfriend. Have have you seen like how many? How often? Like which which one have you seen the most? How many times have you seen this one? Similar but separate. Like if you could, if you had to rank them, how would you rank them? The ranking is so hard. Um, I think. I've seen the. I've probably seen the first one the most. Or no, I think I've seen the first two maybe like three times. Okay. Because I saw one, two, and three, and then I saw. And then I guess I saw one, two, and three again before four came out. Okay. But okay. I might have skipped. We might have skipped Tokyo Drift. I feel like maybe we skipped it for some reason. Just didn't have time. <sighs> Because it okay. didn't really connect to Fast and Furious when that was coming yeah, out. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's fair. So Fast Five in the theater, and then Have I've seen... seen the later ones multiple times. No, no, I've seen those a little less. So then I, we watched, I think, one through five before. No, no, we watched one through six before seven came out. Okay. We like we marathon them. I thought maybe we did another marathon before part eight. I guess we didn't. I looked it up and we we actually didn't. So. So gotcha. I'd only seen Furious 7 once, and I've only seen uh, Fate once. But all the other ones I've seen gotcha. at least more than once. You don't necessarily have to rank them, but which ones, I mean, you said you Stand like... out favorites, standout ones you don't like as much. I feel like Fast Five is the best one. Okay. But it's so difficult. Like, I feel bad about that because Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> is not in it. And yeah, I think... Yeah that's such a like bad thing that hurts it so much now and it's interesting because like at the time i think it was the best movie and it's also like was such a change in the series you know becoming this new thing yep action franchise that's the pivot point for sure yeah so like all the players were there in the fourth one but it just wasn't quite as like over the top and like ridiculous yet Right. And five really changed everything. We t- we talk a lot about you know you brought up Michelle Rodriguez. You, you brought up Letty. Like we talk a lot on here about how little she's actually in the movies. Like you think of her as a central character, but she's not in a ton. And even in this one, where she like she says basically to Dom like. I'm going to go try to remember who I am. I'm like, no, don't leave. Like, you can't leave again. Like, stop <laughs> stop leaving these movies. Right. That's true. I mean, maybe it's just Michelle Rodriguez's presence and her, like, you know, like, power as a as a presence and as a person that, like, makes you... Right, it makes right. it feel like she's a bigger part of the universe than maybe she actually is. Not that any of the characters are less important, but in terms of the scope of the family, she's more important than, like even, like, Roman or Tej. Like, there's, you know, Dom and Brian and Letty and Mia, and, like, those are the core four. Yeah. Even if she's not in the movies, like, she's still 
a part of that core family. Yeah, and because she's been there since part one, too. Are there ones in here that you don't like? Or do you like all eight? Oh, God, no. No, they're all great. (laughs) Okay. They're all very good. That's important to know. So I think, like, Fast Five is great. I mean, Furious 7, watching it again last night, I, like, I loved it so much. But I think part of it was just that I haven't watched a Fast and Furious movie in a while. So just to put one on is, like, I feel like I could have put any of them on and been like, this is the best one. Just okay, yeah. <laughs> Just because I was so excited to be watching Fast and Furious again. But we I know do those think, feels, trust me. Yeah. I do think 5 through 6 are, like, top tier. Or 5 through 7, okay. I mean, are, like, really amazing. And I think the first one is kind of underrated. And also, like, very, like, when I last rewatched it, I was surprised how ridiculous that one was in the, the best possible way, like, the way the laters, later ones are, is that movie is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very, very of its time, So I, for sure. Yeah. It set the pace. It set the tone. Yeah. So I feel like five, six, seven, and one are, like, almost tied for the top spot. That's right. fair. Yeah, I can, I can get good. behind this. And then I would go maybe Tokyo Drift, and then eight, okay. and then uh, four. Okay. And then two? Yeah, well, two maybe over four. Okay. Okay. That's and, a very similar list to a lot of lists that we have, so. Yeah, and then last would be the Los Bandoleros, or <laughs> whatever. Did you guys watch that? <laughs> we have not watched that yet. You know, we have done so little research on these movies because we, we're going to watch them forever, like we watch every eight now every 16 weeks, every other week, you know, watch a new movie. And so <laughs> every four months, we three, get three times a year, we're going to watch all the movies. Like <laughs> we, we're saving research and we're saving other things where we really, truly run out of things to talk about. But yeah, we've not seen Los Bandoleros yet. I think that might need to be next lap or maybe the lap after. I don't know. We'll see. It's fine. Yeah. It, it's an interesting thing. It's just not, it doesn't feel like a Fast and Furious movie. It's much more low-key. Makes sense. Yeah, we're excited for it. Yeah, I think that's about right for my rankings. All right, so now we have some uh, real hard-hitting questions. No wrong answers here, but... Okay. Go with your gut. I hope you're ready Go for... Go with your heart. Go with your family. <laughs> They're either-or questions. All right, so here we go. I'm going to break down Austin Will Southern. Would you say, Austin, that you are more of a Brian or a Dom? Brian. Okay. More of a Mia or a Letty? <sighs> That's so tough because Mia's a little boring. She's like, the... <laughs> that, <laughs> I, okay. I like her, but she's like my least favorite of the characters. She doesn't have a whole lot to do. It's very true. She's just the foundation, but she doesn't do much. But I feel like I, I am not like, like I don't deserve to be Letty. <laughs> 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 like she's too cool. So I'm going to write that quote down. I'm, I don't deserve to be Letty. So I'm definitely more Mia than Letty, just because, like, Letty's so cool. Yeah, and if you were Letty, you would know that you're Letty. You wouldn't feel like you don't deserve to be Letty. <laughs> oh, totally, so you just totally yeah. excluded yourself from being Letty by saying you don't deserve, because she would be like, I am Letty. You know, so. You're right. Sense. Yeah, so Mia, it's got to be Mia. Love it. Are you more Roman or are you more Tej? Tej. Okay. Deckard or Owen? Are you... Bad guy in seven, bad guy in six. Jason Statham or his brother? Probably Owen. Again, it's just like like I don't feel confident enough to be Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like all Jesse. You're just Jesse the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Yeah, I think I'm Jesse the whole time. <laughs> That's a good I love call. It. Uh, do you, would you prefer American muscle or imports? 
Well, the only car that I've ever owned is a Suzuki Swift. So, Ooh. imports. Yes! Wow, you're finally. You and Joe are the only two out of now, like, nearly a dozen people who have chosen imports. Uh-huh. So, I agree. Exclusive clubs. Okay, uh, this is really key to this movie <laughs> Corona or Belgian ale? I really don't like beer okay. across the board, but I feel like I can. I don't know if I've even had a Belgian ale, but I feel like I can get through a Corona. Good point. Uh, if this was a world in which these characters were real, and you went to a barbecue, like, you could drink a Corona and, like, play the part. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But if you had to hang with Mr. Nobody, you might not be able to get down a Belgian ale, because it's too much of a wild card. Yeah. Quads are heavy. Is that like, I like that. Okay. Is that, like, a darker beer? It depends, or... but, yeah. Yeah. What I is a Belgian ale? Is that, like a, is that, like, a... Is, a Belgian wheat is, like, a blue moon, right? Like, what's, what kind of... Like, what's a pot? Like, Hogarden? No, that's Belgian wheat, too. The, the, the ales are, like, all these fucking quads, like, um... They, like all the monk ones that have monks on the front of the bottles. And oh, like, that's what he was saying in this movie. Yes. Like, you know, the monks got something right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't all right, know. Austin. <laughs> but yeah, Th- I, this is Corona. this is more of an abstract one. Are you more of a racer or are you more of a designer? Are you the one in the car or are you like sort of the support team? Racer. Okay. That's confidence. That's not. That's not Jesse there. That's that many levels of confidence. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't know anything about cars except same. That's fine. How to drive them. <laughs> so. Very, that's a that actually might sway my answer when I when we answer these show on the relap recap. That might be my answer too, because like I'm definitely no good as a designer. <laughs> yeah, what the f- yeah, fair point, man. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, yeah. And Austin, I, you, I you really, and I love driving. You love going to drive-ins. I do love going to drive-ins. Yeah, I love to drive, but I don't know a single thing about how. The car is doing what it's doing. Austin, if you won, t- if you won or stole ten million dollars and went to a casino, would you bet it all on black or would you bet it all on red? Red. Are you more likely to jump a car into a plane or out of a plane? Out of. All right. Yeah. GPS guidance. You're gonna. You're not gonna be no no Roman sitting up there getting ejected out of the back of the plane. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. This has nothing to do with the movies as much, but. Is the word oil one syllable or two syllables? <laughs> I've heard this argument. I say two syllables. Nice. Okay. It's real tough because, like, if you try and break down the word, because normally if you break down a word with its syllables, you know, you know which letters go to each syllable. So with oil, yeah. it's like oi is a clear syllable, but then the second yep. part is just an L. And I don't think a single letter is allowed to be a syllable unless it's a vowel. Okay, oh, yeah, whoa. maybe. Fair. That, that's true. Okay. The way I say it and the way I hear it is like oi, ol. The I, like I'm using the I in both of those. You know what I mean? You're on the right side of history, Austin. That's what yeah, I'm I know. I, I know I've heard that come up. I don't know where, but I know that, uh, I know you're not, it's a debatable issue in general. <laughs> So now, to kick things off, to kick off the discussion, Austin, about this movie, if you had to pick a moment, or a scene, or a line, or an action, or whatever, what would you say is the most family moment in this movie? As the series, as the franchise defines family, what what stuck out to you as the most family element of this movie? I feel like the easy answer is the ending on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go with the beginning of the movie... Jason Statham giving a gun to his oh. comatose brother. Oh, I like that. That's like an unexpected answer, kind of. Like the other yeah, family. Yeah, that's very yeah. familial, too, though. Well, I guess it was a little different, because I watched the extended version last night, which I hadn't seen. 
And I guess okay. I don't know if we watch the extended versions or not. I don't know if we're watching them or not. I think. Do you so. know what the runtime is of the extended version? 140 versus 137. I think. Oh, we're watching okay. The so I saw the extended one. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely watching the extended. One of the main differences was the introduction because when I started this huh. movie, I was like, I don't remember this scene at all. It's not in the original. No, I think some of wow. it is, but his whole speech. To his brother, where he's just, like, talking to him. Okay. I think all of that is was cut. And then it just, like, starts with him putting the gun on his brother, I guess. Like, I, I can't remember. I can't remember what exactly happens, because I didn't remember any of it. Because I definitely, the whole time, I was like, I do not remember this movie opening with a hospital massacre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at one of my favorite websites, moviecensorship.com. And they mm-hmm. compare... I don't know why it's called that. I guess it might have been just like... They mostly focus on the difference between R-rated and unrated. Yes. So it is stuff that was cut for, you know, by the... Okay, the that makes sense. MPAA censorship. You're right. So the, if, if there's a difference in three minutes, it says that the opening scene is 88.96 seconds longer in the extended cut. It says, right in the beginning, the most noticeable difference happens when Deckard talks to his comatose brother, Owen. He's more elaborate regarding their shared past as kids. Mm-hmm. Deckard says that he was the one who got punished by their father's belt when yeah. Owen stole something. He hoped that being a gangster made Owen harder, smarter, and better. Deep down, he always knew that Owen would end up like this despite everything he taught him, but he's still his flesh and blood and thus has a cross to bear. He then grabs Owen's hand while still holding Dom's cross and lays a machine gun on his brother's chest mm-hmm. before he leaves the hospital room, just like he does in the theatrical version. When Deckard goes to the heavily destroyed hospital means that the theatrical version is fast-forwarding his way through the building. The extended seems to have more patience as it follows Deckard in real time. It certainly seems a bit more impressive that way. So, interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting. Okay. I feel like all of that hits a lot harder. So, like, maybe I saw yeah. him, like, walking out of the hospital and he's, like, killed all these hospital people. I feel like it didn't, like, settle in with me, but seeing it, like, played out and just his whole, like, thing, it really hit me that he's walking out of the hospital. And it, it's just funny because he, like, when he first walks away, he's like, take care of my brother or I'm coming back for you. And there's two yeah. people not even in focus. They're, like, out of focus, but you can tell that they're cowering and frightened. Yes. And he's looking at them, and I think that is amazing. And he's like, take care of them, or I'm coming back for you. And then we basically see that he has made their job impossible. His brother is definitely going to die because he killed all the doctors, and he <laughs> broke all their equipment and, like, blew yeah. stuff up. You know, that's why maybe it, it's kind of a bad family moment, because I feel like he killed his brother in that scene unintentionally. <laughs> his intent was... You know, trying to be loving. And what does he say? He, he wrote down, uh, rest now, brother, while I settle your one last score. Right. It might not be the the how that is best, but it's the why. It's the what. It's the it's the emotional core. He's, he's got his heart in the right place, even if he's doing things yeah, he's, a little out, out of the box. He's doing it for his brother. Yes. Whatever is absolutely. happening. He's doing it for him. I want to track... Can we do a necklace track a little bit right here? I don't understand. Like, the necklace we talked about in past episodes, Austin, Joe's called it, uh, they're like the secret, uh, the, the, the sister to the traveling pants. The necklace is just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Somehow, he has the necklace here, Owen but then gives also, it to Deckard. Sean gives it to Dom in Tokyo? So, like, Owen gives it to Deckard, but he somehow gets it back to put in the car that they find Han in. Oh, is that first scene? Yeah, Deckard leaves the necklace 
in the car with Han to, for them to find as a message. Owen, Owen, Owen Shaw. Owen Shaw is... Um... No, Deckard's chasing Statham. Oh, yeah. Deckard is chasing Statham? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that hospital scene before Tokyo Drift? Yes, I think. Yes. Because the, it has to be in well, the car simultaneously as it's in the hospital, right? I guess. Wow. I think that's why I was trying to figure it out this this watch. I was like, okay, there's the there's the necklace. It starts here. Yeah, it goes. It's gotta be. Yeah, it's gotta be before Tokyo Drift. Because because he doesn't he doesn't have the necklace after he kills Han in the car. He doesn't have the necklace anymore. So that's gotta be. Yeah. All right. Timeline. Right. Yeah. Because uh, this world's movie... longest runway. Owen falls out of the plane, goes to the hospital for some reason. Deckard. Kills everyone. In the, I guess. I guess maybe. The, I guess because Owen's a criminal, he can't really just like under, go see his brother. Yeah, he's under like you know lock and key, or like there's armed guards at the hospital. So he kills all of them to get to his brother. Tells his brother that he's going to avenge him. Takes the necklace. But how did he get the necklace? Like, why did Owen have the necklace? Did he have it from know. Letty? Letty must have had it. We need to track it again. I don't know where it came from. But in four, oh, fuck no, because in five. The Dom has it. Yeah. Because Dom gives it to Elena, and Elena gives it back. Or he, or Elena has it, and he takes it back, right? So Yeah. And then who has it in six? Letty again? Well, somehow Owen winds up with it in the six, because uh, he, cause Shaw, uh, cause Deckard takes it from him or something. Has to have been. All right, next lap, Joe. That's our that's our homework. We have to track the necklace. I'm going to. I'm going <laughs> to try to, because this one really took me for a loop with this beginning scene. Yeah. So timeline of this, though, right? World's longest runway. Owen yes. falls out, goes to the hospital. Deckard kills all the guards. Says that to Owen, flies to Tokyo, kills, kills Han. Han. Well, the first then kill. all of Tokyo Drift happens, or it's happening yes. while this is happening. Yes. Uh, yeah. Goes to Tokyo, kills Han, leaves the necklace, calls Dom, which is at the end of six. Yeah. Yeah. So the first few minutes of this movie are before that credit scene in six. Later in this movie, like the first like fifteen or twenty minutes, when they're at thirteen twenty-seven and the house blows up, that's also. The credit scene from Six. Yes. Because that's the call. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about that moment. At the end of Furious Six, I did see the the midnight screening, so there were no spoilers. So I don't know. Did you guys see it without knowing that he was about to pop up? and I stood up and cheered in theaters. It's genuinely, I think, like one of the best moments of my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you, me, and Jordan, our last guest, all agree on that. Like, it is... Pure joy, really. I couldn't believe <laughs> the crank movies are like my favorite action movies, and they're so okay. good. They're just like so unbelievable and just like so good. And I just feel like Jason Statham is like a perfect man. <laughs> He's so good. And then I, I mean, I think I was just excited for Crank, and I didn't even put it together till later that he was also the transporter, which like relates to cars and like yeah, how which I've never that seen is. those. The first two are amazing. They're really, really okay. good. I just didn't expect it. And then tying it in, that they tie it into Tokyo Drift, because for four movies, they had been doing this bizarre thing where they, they were all prequels to Tokyo Drift, which is so insane. Yep. And then they finally like tie it together, and it's like... Perfect. Jason... Yeah. It's fucking Jason Statham, like, <sighs> was responsible for this thing that happened in 2006 in the 
you know, movie for when it came out in our timeline. It was just, it blew my mind. And it was like, I I felt, I was so exhilarated. So that's another reason this series means so much is just like how how much that moment impacted me in the theater. And we talked about, you know, I, I, don't, I don't love Eight, but like the Jason Statham stuff in Eight is all incredible. Like whether he's oh, yeah. saving the baby at the end or fighting Hobbs in the prison or yeah. whatever he's doing, it's all the best parts of those movies. Yeah. That movie. Well, that was something that was great watching Furious 7 again last night and especially with like with him like killing all these people in a hospital is all I could think about was he, he's one of the good guys now. Exactly. Yeah. He comes over really quick. Yeah, and that's how like amazing this series is. It's just like the bad <laughs> guys are so bad. I think Charlize is going to be a good guy in the future. I hope like, so. She's going to join the family for sure. I really hope so. And I just think like every like big bad guy is just going to end up or every like enemy is going to end up seeing things their way and seeing the, the way of the family. I would hope so. And, I, I just want to yeah. know who's going to be the next big. I think Idris Elba playing the next bad guy in Hobbs and Shaw sets him up to become like right. part of the crew, right? Like that's what that is. Yeah, he's got to be. Whether they take advantage of it or not, I think the the groundwork is definitely there for that. Absolutely. If he wants to, if they want to, if everybody's in agreement, it can happen from that moment on. Yeah, and I love the Hobbs and Shaw stuff in in eight. Are you as excited as we are for the movie? Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled, and I I know they probably <laughs> won't like go this direction, at least not overtly. But like, I really feel like they are in love and like should be together so here okay so this is this is a good time to bring this out so uh we have a theory here on the show austin this is actually Mm -hmm. something that resident historian mike manzi who you know from watch the throne and third time's a charm Mm -hmm. as we mentioned earlier go check out austin's other appearances on those shows he had this theory that we have since championed every episode we have a theory collectively yes that hobbs is gay yeah i feel like there's a lot of sexual tension with him and shaw i think it makes Sent. Like nothing's really. I mean, he has a daughter, but that we don't we don't right. know who the other parent is, right? Exactly. No, there's a, there's a history of him being in all movies, you know, asexual. Uh, really, all about business, all about you know getting the job done, as mm-hmm. opposed to hitting on women. Especially as these movies go on, and now that Ramsey is there, Tej and Roman are going to spend most of the movie fighting with each other over who gets dibs on Ramsey, right? Uh, yeah. In this world where women are objects <laughs> yes. and men just use them for their own gain or whatever, Hobbes is not that at all. There's one moment in this movie that I, I wish there was a little bit more. The only thing, it's, it's not asexual, Joe. This is actually a very sexual line. Okay. I don't know if you noticed mm-hmm. this. No. But when Dom visits Hobbes in the hospital... And Elena's like, I found something, here's the files, and also I found Dom. He's in that shitty, hotel, shitty hospital room, yeah. and he's like, the sponge baths ain't half bad, though, or something. And I was like, huh. <laughs> so he likes getting a sponge bath, and I would have loved for, like, an attractive male nurse to walk by and, like, wink. You know what I mean? But, like, there's yeah. no, we don't yeah. see a nurse, I don't think. But that that is a very, like, that's the most sexual I think he is in any movie, really. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which... It's vague, and it's not very sexual, like, at all, but he's just saying, I like it when they put a sponge in my dick, basically. Like, it's just, you know, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's, okay. it's the most sexual he's been. We don't know how he leans, but yeah. that was my moment in this one that I was just like, huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, good I point, Ali, say that. I hope they're leaving it 
open for that at least we, we really hope so it, best case is it'll always be kind of ambiguous but i i want to see him and statham get together so bad because we've talked a lot about how this franchise is very diverse and very uh representative of a lot of different races and you know mm. genders and everything but like every character is straight except for suki for her like 10 minutes and that's even not like fully confirmed but she's probably gay in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. But other than that, like, it's just all, like, men and women just heteronormative sort of behavior. Yeah. And I guess as the movies go on, there's less overt sexuality, maybe, and more just, like, attractive bodies, but also just, like, you know, creepy guys hitting on women or whatever. But, like, we're sort of constantly, like, the more we think about it, I think Joe and I are, like, it's sort of surprising how little representative representation there is for, you know, the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. True. For a franchise that does so well in so many other regards. Yeah, and I know one thing, I don't know if you guys have talked about it or, or what, but something that I think is kind of impressive, I guess, or good. The first movie is the only one that's been directed by a white guy. Oh. And all yeah. the other yeah. movies have been directed by, uh, you know, John Singleton or um, James Wan and Justin Lin, of course. And F. Gary Gray did the eighth one. Yeah, yeah. yeah F. Gary Gray. So I think that's kind of cool. So even in the director's chair. But they haven't had a woman yet. My big pitch is that Catherine Bigelow should direct one of them. Well, you know, I mean, have you read the theory or have you thought about how the first movie is basically just a remake of Point Break? Yeah, when I revisited the first one the last time or whenever, I was like, oh, yeah. this is this is Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 100% Point Break. <laughs> like it. Next lap, I think, when we do, because Mike is going to be on every episode next lap, we're going to, if we remember to, pitch a Point Break sequel that follows the structure of the next movie. So, like... How would Too Fast, Too Furious be the sequel to, or how would you make a, a sequel to Point Break how would you make, that follows in the structure of Too Fast, Too Furious or whatever, so? How would you make 2.2 Break? Ooh, and also name it, yeah. A Point yeah. 2 Break? Uh, Joe, did you have any moments in this movie that you thought uh, where Hobbs either was, uh, that they, they sexualized him either gay or straight or no, or, or did that? Because he's not in this movie a lot. I think he had filming timing difficulties or whatever. After you said this, I was thinking about the scene when Dom comes in, and I was thinking how it's interesting that Elena says to Dom, like, you're the only one he wanted to see. Yeah. At the same time, you know, he pretty much is the only one he wants to see for, like, what he pitches, but just, like, the way she delivers it, and I was like, oh, I can't tell if that's, like, her acting or if that's, like, the script or what, but that was the only time that... And I only thought about it after the fact, after you mentioned it, so... It's true, but that's that's yeah. not it's not nothing, I don't think. Yeah. It's not nothing, but I, I definitely don't feel like, like Dom is his type. Yeah. Like, I don't think he wanted to see him because he's, like, into him. Like, I just, I don't see... Yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying, them. but it was just, like, the way the line was delivered, I, like, after he said that, I was like, I wonder what this means. There was something that Dom says in that scene... I'm probably reading too much into it. No, no, no. That's the whole point of podcasts in general, I think, but especially this podcast. Yeah. Okay. So Hobbs asks him, he's like, if you find him, what are you going to do to him? And Dom says, words haven't even been invented yet. And I feel like that's something that people say about sex, not violence. In a porno? (laughs) Yeah, that feels much more like a sexual comment than a violent comment to me. But maybe I'm wrong. No, I I think, again, you're not not wrong. You know what I mean? Like you're not. But that, I just thought that comment was funny because it sounded, it sounded like he was going to do, I don't know, something sexual to him that hasn't even been thought of yet. (laughs) I can't, I I can't give an example because it hasn't been 
you know, invented yet. <laughs> hasn't yeah. been invented. My pick for the most family moment, at least one that we haven't talked about yet, is when, you know, after Dom hooks up with Mr. Nobody and they're like, we're going to go get Shaw, and Dom tells everybody we're leaving at dawn, and then he, you know, it's like the middle of the night and he says to Mr. Nobody, like, Alright, it's time to go. And Mr. Nobody says, I thought you said Dawn. He's like, Yeah, but like, no, I, I don't want to be coming with me. It's dangerous. And then out of nowhere, Brian's like, I thought you might say that. And I'm just like, Oh shit. Like, Brian knows him so well. Mm-hmm. You know, brothers mm-hmm. in arms, ride or die, that he's going to be there. He knows how dangerous it is, even with a wife and a kid, and now another kid on the way. Brian is there for his brother, and he's like, This is what we have to do. Like, it's Owen did messed up stuff with Letty, you know, basically abducted her from the hospital and like, used her because she had no memory and now we got to get him back dom is family and family. we got to take care of our own so that is my pick for most family moment yeah because brian call. you know he's just he's there for dom i was thinking about this too when you said it the most family moment is when uh dom calls mia and he's like how did the buster take the news <laughs> and she's like i didn't tell him yet and it's just like you know checking in on your family like i know something did you tell him yet he should know and she's like, no, because I know you need him. And it was just like everybody kind of looking out for everyone yeah. and making sure everyone was okay. And in that sense, I was like, this is a very familial moment. So Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Now, Austin, do you have a pick for least family moment? Least family moment. It, it could be, you know, it could sort of be like the road paved with good intentions, like something that is done because the character thinks it's right, but it's actually, you know, not a very family thing to do. Or it could be something like a betrayal or it could uh, be like any anything again. No wrong answers. Yeah. Can I go first? Well, yeah, go let me Joe. let me hear your guys's first. I think mine this time was them ejecting Roman out of the plane because if he's really scared <laughs> of heights, you'd have to be some guy. Like they don't really need him for that, right? Like they really don't. I mean, he does show up at the end, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Is like they eject him for no reason. <laughs> yeah, so he's like petrified to jump out of the plane and they're like, no, we're just going to shoot you out for no reason, which is more dangerous because he's like about to miss the road and then yeah. they're like, okay, cool, we didn't even need you anyways, we just like wanted to shoot you out of a plane and he was like, seemed genuinely scared so yeah. I think that's that's not very familiar like if you had like one sibling that was like, I really can't do this you know what I mean? You wouldn't like push them off the edge of the diving board or something. I picked up on that too, I thought it was a little cruel. I've got one that's not entirely dissimilar from that. Another thing that might be a little bit needlessly aggressive in a way. Okay. I know that they have to do it because they're being chased, but at the end of the movie where Brian is driving Ramsey around as she's trying to hack God's eye and shut it down. Yeah. And then Roman is heading in the other car and the car that Brian and Ramsey are in gets a missile locked on, right? Brian's like, you gotta get out now and they do that really cool like, you know, power Power e-brake, power slide she jumps from car to car, crazy Brian Bale's car blows up, whatever. This girl you've known for like two days, she's a computer hacker. Was pet- She was shell-shocked when you found her, Yeah, she's shown, she's exhibited no signs of like any athletic ability or timing, <laughs> and you're having her jump from car to car, as opposed to just like she could, in theory, do what Brian did and bail out of the car. Right, yeah. and then she could like Roman and Tej could stop and pick her up. I just feel like that is, I mean, incredible for the movie. But in terms of like treating this new woman that you just sort of saved and now is part of your family, and to the point where like she says like right away like I trust you guys. You know, you seem to be sort of betraying that trust by being like, okay, cool, jump from car to car, and like if we screw up a little bit, like you might be severed in half as the cars <laughs> like come apart at the wrong time. Like that well, just they're felt... not going to, but yeah. 
I feel like I that's also it. kind of true of a lot of the stunts in these movies. Like, if you dissect them, you're like, oh, shit, like, that's incredibly needlessly dangerous. Yeah. It looks awesome in the movie, but I feel like for There's how easier, simpler family, way we could have done yeah. this. So that, that just felt, like, in terms of, like, a moment that we haven't talked about yet, that is not a very family moment. I mean, they do save her life. Their heart is in the right place, but the way that they do it is just, like, Oh, okay. Like, there's got to be an easier way. Like, this yeah, pretty it's sort of like the infomercial, right? Like, it's just like that's the black and white. That's the before. It's just like there's got to be an easier way. <laughs> and like the color, like the act, like the product they're selling is just like brake pads. Like, just stop and let her get out of the car. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's that's a pick for my uh, least family moment. Okay, I have a controversial answer. Oh, love it. Okay, good. Least family moment. Very end of the film when okay. Brian is driving off moving on uh and has left his wife and child at the beach wherever he's going (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's a good one i'm thinking he's kind of like taking the exit to go back while dom goes forward but it does kind of seem like he just like was like i'm out (laughs) oh like he just pulled up to like say goodbye and then is turning back around uh, that, yeah okay because the road kind of even makes like a left kind of loopish loopish type thing well, that could also be the same kind of thing right like if he so say the scene's playing out right and brian's with mia and jack on the beach and he looks up and sees dom get in a car and drive away and he's like that fucker didn't say goodbye to me like let me like i'm never gonna see this guy like they're gonna leave me you know, it's, it's never yeah. goodbye or whatever and then yeah he chases him down the car and that's when he's like you think you leave without saying goodbye gives him that classic Brian O'Connor smile, and then I guess Tom drives off and Brian just pulls a U-turn and comes back. Like, either way, it's a least family moment either because he's leaving Mia and Jack or just because Tom left Brian without saying goodbye, even though it is never goodbye. Yeah. It, yeah, and it's it's a beautiful moment in terms of, like, a remembrance of Paul Walker, but in the movie's universe, it it's a little <laughs> odd. I mean, it's the same as in the next one when, when Dom names his kid Brian, and it's like, that... Brian is still alive in this world. Right, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Like, it's basically, he should have just pointed to the camera and been like, this baby's name is Paul Walker, you know what I'm talking about, and then, like, because it's yeah. the same thing. It would have been so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so, Austin, we, we have been tracking the last two movies. Neither of us caught it this time. It might not actually happen this time, but these movies are all rated PG-13, and PAA regulations allow you to get one fuck in the PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. Did you hear anybody say it in this movie or no? I wasn't listening for it. Yeah, we just didn't catch this one. I don't think so. Because, like, in 5, The Rock has it, Hobbs says it. In 6, Roman says it. This one, I didn't catch it, and I feel like, you know, even if I'm not, like, acutely watching the movie like I would be for a first-time viewing, I feel like it's ingrained enough in my mind that I would have picked up on it, but maybe Wes or if somebody else out there is listening, who hears, yeah. who knows where it is in the movie, shoot us an email, family at cageclub.me, let us know where it came in. Because we yeah. just want to know who got the fuck. That's what we want to know, so. Who got the fuck? And when and where, when and where, if you can throw that in, too, would be nice. Yeah. If not, if we'll catch it on one. the next lap. I don't think so, because we there were heard like, it. I feel like there are three or four shits. I definitely noticed some yeah. shits. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was a fuck. You know, one thing that I don't know if I ever really noticed before. It's sort of like a, a little bit of a throwaway line. House blows up. Dom says he's going to Tokyo to bring Han back. Brian's like, okay, Mia, you're going to go down. Like, get out of the, get out of the way. Just, we're going to protect you. We're going to put you under, like, protection, whatever. He goes with her for a while. And they're talking to them about 
how this is a vacation compared to that time you needed a bank safe in two days. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, like they're referencing that past job. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I don't know if I ever caught that line. It's sort of like a throwaway yeah. thing, but I like that they reference a past job. Like, mm. oh, like, because like, we, we talked about, right? Like, because we're like, how do they get in that movie? They're just like, oh, we know, like, we had lives before, right? And like, but now they sort of make note of the fact that, like, oh, no, people had to, like, figure out a way to get this safe from wherever it was to Rio. And, like, the exact duplicate, like, it's just, like, a crazy, you know, thing that, again, that they don't really explain how, but at least they bring up the fact that it happened. Yeah. It's a nice callback. When I was watching it this time, I was confused because I was like, okay, they're going to get God's Eye. And you know where God's Eye is? In a car. And I was wondering how (laughs) many global hacker thieves hide memory cards in cars because this is the like the second time we've had to find a memory card in a car in two movies in a row and it's like what if they were just in something that wasn't a car in this series yeah because no, in it's got to be cars yeah it, it has to be but at the same time it's like you know like we had it in a safe we could have put it in a boat we could have put it in a plane and we get those things but like the computer chip's always in the car and you have to kind of like dismantle the car to get the computer chip and i'm like wouldn't it be easier just to have put it like in a safe somewhere but i guess we couldn't do you know steal the safe five times in a row so well so i have a, so I have a question about when ramsey is like i took care of it i gave it to a friend for safekeeping did she give him just the chip or did she give him say it was like the the seat like the the entertainment unit or did she give him the whole car like she didn't give him the car Who knows? no she just gave him the no, chip I think. she just gave him the chip so he, he put he it took in it car. upon himself to put it in a car and they sold the car no maybe no 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 the guy who bought the chip from him also bought the car in a separate transaction and then put them together you think yeah the that's prince super or whatever because the guy who bought that he's like a super rich guy so i think right. he's yeah. and he's just like wasting this amazing car by not driving it and keeping it like you know high up in his tower but he's also he's put the car in the most secure location right. that he has. Yeah. So then he's like, "All right, well, this is my most secure location, and now I have this chip, so I'm going to put that inside a car that is inside the most secure location." So then, what's fucked up about that is that Ramsey gives her friend like uh, you know like a flash drive. She's like, "Take care of this." He's like, "You got it, chief," and then sells that. Like that's fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, she apparently, like, didn't include a note, really, <laughs> or, like, a letter. <laughs> um, she was just like, this is a cool thing. If she just said, take care of it, that could easily be interpreted as, like... Get rid of it. Yeah, get rid of this, or, like... like set it on fire or something, yeah. It could mean set it on fire, but it could also mean, like, turn this into money. Yeah, true. You know, like, oh, maybe... Because yeah. maybe that's something he's done for her in the past, is she gives him some, like, hacker program, and then he he's the, like, go-between who, like, knows yeah, people, he, and he sells man. it for her. Yeah, the middleman. It sounds like she just, like, did not leave instructions and just gave him a, <laughs> a very vague take care of this, and he was like, I think she means sell it and then i'm assuming split the, the profits with her or gave her some Hopefully. profits yeah um so yeah i think that was just a misunderstanding because ramsey was irresponsible and how she passed it on it's just it's it's crazy like i feel like that's the kind of thing in these movies where there's like a a pretty central plot point to the like well how did this get to there and they're just like oh yeah oh, i yeah. just gave it to a friend and then now it's in the building that we have to steal a car from and it's mm-hmm. like oh okay like i feel like this like we've talked about in past episodes joe that like when there's stretches of exposition and dialogue and actual things that explain the plot 
I'm not taking notes because that's not like the things that yeah. are memorable about the movies. But like, I feel like I watched that more intently and I still don't know how it happened. They're just like, oh, I had a friend take care of it. And then they go to like, get the friend. Like, if they're just like, all right, we're going to Abu Dhabi. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it happens in my head. Is this the first time we see anyone race in formal wear? Because they go from like when, when Dom is chasing after Deckard after the funeral, right? Okay. After Han's funeral. Uh, he's in his, like, Suit. formal funereal garb, sort of, right? Like, he's just, like... Because yeah. they show a shot of him, like, racing in, like, in a button-down. I was like, that's so not Dom. The only time I ever think we ever gotten close to that is when Han and Roman are wearing police uniforms and racing okay. in the last one. I think that's as close as we've gotten. Because I would think that's pretty formal. You know what I mean? Like, a full, like, cop's outfit. Sure, yeah. Different kind of formal, but definitely formal. Because it yeah. feels like, you know, they're mostly just, like, in... Like wife beaters, or they're just in yeah tank tops, just like just shirts or tank tops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But to see him in no like sleeves. like a button down, I was just like, oh, huh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think that, that's not something that like I would be able to give any kind of reference to. Like the fact that Joe, you, you thought of the cop stuff was better than I could do. I could tell you that. Oh, okay. I have a question. Yes. Roman has that great speech in the middle of this movie where he's like, "You all wanted me to break into a police station. Fine. When you asked me to stop a tank, I wasn't happy about it, but I did it." Came with this brilliant idea that she'd done one of the largest airplanes ever. I shot that shit out of the sky, all this different stuff, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Brian makes a joke about no knees, Denise. <laughs> oh my god, I wrote oh, this down. Yeah. And I was and I Googled no knees, Denise. It's gotta be sexual or something, but it feels like there's nothing on the internet that explains what this is. I wrote this down to talk about. We had a girl from another school that they called Oral Coral. You know what I mean? It's just a... Yeah, I have an idea of what Oral Coral does. Yeah. No knees. Denise is like, she... What does it mean to not have knees? Right. What is the implication there? Because he's saying it I'm thinking she gives upright blowjobs is what I think the implication is. But how is that? What? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Is she a little person? No. I think that she just, like... She, like, makes you stand or, like, sit on a bed or something. That's such a long way to get there. And she just keeps her legs outstretched? I don't... (laughs) What do you mean? No, she just likes to be at eye, like eye level. Like she just makes you no, like stand higher. That doesn't. She doesn't make, kneel. That's not. Well, that's not eye I'm level not then. Following it. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm saying she doesn't. She doesn't kneel during blowjobs, and I think that that was the right. Like I, that, I maybe, maybe. But and it's again, also the like kid shit. You know what I mean? Like if you're talking about like high school prom, you who knows what? Yeah. Okay. But I still feel like there's got to be like it is. It is the most baffling thing. And I never noticed it before, but it's the most yeah. baffling thing. And also, I'm glad that you picked it up too, because it was just like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it means. Because he says, yeah. he says it, he definitely says it as a dig, like you, yeah. like you were so low down that you like hooked up with someone who didn't have knees. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think she doesn't have knees. You guys are really. They hungry. call her no knees to knees. Yeah, no but knees it, it has to mean something else. It's not that she didn't have knees. But that's not an expression. It's not an expression. Number one. Number two. Whoever, like, Chris Morgan, whoever wrote it, right, like, it means I something to, to Urban him. Dictionary. Hold on. I looked it up, and it's just, like, somebody who doesn't have knees. Like, there's not. <laughs> really? That's it? I, I, if you also Google, if you Google no knees Denise, it's like, so who's a no knees Denise in your group? And it's just like, well, what does that mean? Like, that doesn't explain. <laughs> the knee represents common sense, meaning you have no common sense. I don't really know. 
That doesn't make that makes less sense. Yeah, that was the top definition. There's only ten up and two down, so who knows? That could have been like one group of friends. Yeah, yeah I don't know. If you type no knees, Denise is the thing that comes in after it. I don't get it. I I think it's something that they were trying to like like trying to make up a sexual name that passed PG thirteen standards. Good point. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. where it came from. But it makes it does not make sense, and I am obsessed with no knees Denise. I, <laughs> she's. But I feel like I feel like you could you could come up with like so many more like relatively tame nicknames that would be more overtly sexual than no knees Denise. <laughs> it also doesn't exactly rhyme. No, it doesn't. I kind of like it though. It flows. No, I love it. it. It has good mouthfeel. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, I love it so much, and I. I was definitely intending to bring it up and Good. find out what your guys' interpretation was. And I never heard it before, so I don't know, man. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Who I don't knows, know if you man. watch with subtitles, but I like I always watch everything with subtitles. So I I didn't just hear it's it, very but clearly, I like, no knees to knees. I could confirm he definitely does say no knees to knees. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. That wasn't yeah. That that part I got. I heard it. <laughs> it was just. I really. I was dying to know what what other people thought that meant right in if you have a guess on what no knees denise means right in family at cageclub.me family at cageclub.me send us a picture of your no knees or your knees (laughs) so i have another question about a line and this is joe this is something that we talked about last time because we talked about how much i hate her performance in this movie and also you might like her because you know you like things about 15 minutes when we talked about on watch the throne that mike and i did not but Mm -hmm. ronda rousey in this movie is i think the worst performance in any of the eight (laughs) movies I think she single-handedly wrote her ticket out of Hollywood with this acting. No, but she was in on- the Entourage movie after this. I, I, well, <laughs> it's the Entourage movie, so... <laughs> well, she also got to play herself. Yeah. Which she basically is doing here. But she says a line that I think we talked about last time. Okay. Uh, she was talking to Michelle Rodriguez. She says, Thank God you showed up. These parties bore me to death. And she says it like it's supposed to be a joke. Is it a pun? Because I guess the, the joke is that she's going to kill Michelle Rodriguez, but like I'm gonna bore you to death. Like I, there's no, like, it feels like there's something missing there, and I don't know if yeah. it's the writing. I don't know if it's Ronda Rousey's inability to deliver a line. I don't know what it is, but I want to talk about the line. Thank God you showed up. These parties bore me to death. I mean, it's kind of just matter of fact. So she does maybe deliver it like it's supposed to be a joke, and maybe the joke is merely who could get bored at such an amazing party. Because, like, Roman is having the time of his life, and he's, you know, seeing these gold women or whatever, and he's like, they do this every night, I gotta move here. So I think it's supposed to be, like, we're supposed to be envious that they're even at this cool party. And then her joke is just like, this isn't for me. I like to fight. (laughs) I'm a fighter. <laughs> so it's not much of a joke, or it's just something totally matter-of-fact that means nothing, and she's just, like, genuinely, like, I really am happy to see you here because I'm bored. Yeah, maybe. So let's let's fight. Uh, yeah, I've, I have no idea. I'm very confused by it. Yeah, but it's not, it, it, it's not a great it's performance. Everything. No, it's all of the delivery. Like, all of her lines are just, like, bland. I, it's weird. But she's not any, she's only there to fight. Like, she's, I don't think she's worse than Tony Jaw is in this movie. No, but they don't give Tony Jaw, like, lines. They don't give him as, he has a couple, not many, but he's, he's similarly, like, you know, I kind of wanted 
more from him if they're going to use if they're going to put him in it at all but he's he's just there to fight a little bit but i also think that there's a difference maybe and maybe I, maybe there's not actually but i think that there's a difference because it feels like this is like stunt casting with ronda rousey yeah as opposed to tony jaw is like this is what he does you know what i mean he's like a martial artist he's like he's in the raid he's in these movies mm-hmm. he's in this movie and he's there to fight and be like a badass. Like that's why Ronda Rousey's there. But she's she's there not because she's like a a movie. Like it's not like she's Zoe Bell, right? Like stunt double from Kill Bill or like the star of Death Proof. But like, she's mm. not there because she's like a badass movie person. She's there because she's a famous fighter. And yeah, so yeah. I think there's extra attention paid to her. I guess in a similar kind of way but completely different in terms of the desired results, but just like how Joe, our girl, Emily Ratajkowski, is now trying to become an actress. Do you say she's now trying to become an actress? Well, yeah, I mean, like, she's she's in more things. Like, she's been in more movies yeah. in the last, like, year True. than I think in her entire career leading up to this point. But, like, they're putting her in movies not because she's, like, you know, a beautiful actress, but she's because she's a beautiful model who wants to be an actress. And I feel yes. like she just sticks out more when she's not good, the same way that Ronda Rousey does, because you're expecting something from her maybe or like oh yeah, there's, she was there's just, like, a some reason to put character. her in here right because yeah. there's there's so many beautiful models in Hollywood that you could cast in the Emily Ratajkowski part or there's so many like badass fighters who could deliver a line better than Ronda Rousey and it feels like oh she's in this for a reason and then it's like no they just want to like have another name yeah. that like Ronda Rousey to her you know millions of Twitter followers or whatever can be like oh I'm in this movie go check it out so mm-hmm. I think so too yeah, and it's just taking a chance. I mean, that that's kind of the right. same as, like, Dave Bautista appearing in movies or... John Cena. Yeah, John the Cena. The Rock. Even back in the day, The Rock. Well, yeah, yeah The Rock. And those those chances, like, paid off. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe their first movies are a little clunky. You know, those just, like, worked out. I mean, wrestling, I guess, is a little different because there is more of a performative aspect right. Yeah, of it's it. entertainment, yeah. And you are playing, like, a character already, but... I know there's at least one male MMA fighter who, like, started doing movies, and I guess maybe it didn't work out because I can't even think of who it is. I mean, we were talking in the last we were talking last episode, Joe, with Gina Carano. Like, Gina Carano is not always great in movies, but she's good in Fast and Furious Six. She's yeah. great in Haywire, and yeah. you know, she's not in a ton of things, but she can be really good when you're given the same thing, saying, like, the, the right thing to do. And it's the same way, yeah. you know, we talked about this on Cinemakers when we covered Steven Soderbergh, where, like, he took, you know, Gina Carano, put her in Haywire, or, like, the same thing with Channing Tatum, and really gave him a bunch of breaks. But, like, he also wrote a movie around Sasha Gray. Like, the girlfriend experience is just, like, Sasha Gray wants to be an actress. And it's her, you know, as, like, a, an escort. And it's, like, not crazy far from her career as a porn star. But, like, it's this in a way, stunt casting, but seeing, like, I guess, like you're saying, Austin, like, you know, you could get lucky, and maybe this could be, like, the, the, like a breakout star. Yeah. yeah, they were a star in their field, so they must have something, you know, that draws yes, people right. to them. So I think that's the, the gamble, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And yeah, Gina Carano, I think, I don't know how much she's a, like, better actress, and I, don't, I also don't really, I'm not great at judging acting ability, but I, I feel like she has a little more charisma maybe and that's what makes it work i think so i also think that this is not a great part for ronda rousey to show off anything right like it's just yeah Yeah, because she's because she's the fighter and she could be fighter number three in the credits but then they make it ronda rousey so they give her some lines 
and then it should, you don't really get anything. She's kind of in this in-between where, like, you don't get any real acting. The fighting is kind of dumbed down to give her lines, and then you're in this in-between place. Yeah. Me, yeah. If something was more tailor-made to her, I'm sure we would appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, it seems like they just added this character in when they realized she would be on board, as opposed to them, like, giving her a character. Because mm-hmm. like, I think, like Joe, you're right. Like I think she could be credited as just like boss fighter or like boss or like like Lackey leader of the fighters seven. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The only other note that I, I I made note of this time around that I don't think we covered last time. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but at the end when Roman and Tej are driving around, we get a Roman saying, "These boys hungry." Oh no, I missed <laughs> it. And I do love him saying "hungry" in the first. And then uh, Tej says something back to him like. And they ain't ready for what we got either, something like that. Like he, he plays into it a little bit. So, Ooh, uh, but we did get a hungry because we got hungry a couple times. Yeah, um, you know, go, going all the way back to Too Fast, Too Furious. Awesome. What else do you want to talk about with this movie? What other notes did you take, or what other uh, things do you love or or not love or whatever? Yeah, we haven't even gotten anything. I wrote down really. Well, we got um, we got nothing but time. Okay. Well, I wrote down that that Dom is very proud of himself for inventing race wars. He is. Um, Yes. It's his baby. But just that it's called Race Wars is hilarious. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, might, they might have changed. They, they should have pivoted at some point between now, like, 99 and now. They should have been, like, you know, yeah. the ra- universe race or something like that. By 2015, I, I feel like they could have made a change to that. Because it's not just... If, if they just referenced it and they went to race wars, but just that he's just like, I invented, or we invented race wars. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds a lot crazier. Like, my grandfather was a grand dragon. We invented race wars. <laughs> yeah. So there's a line that I thought was funny, another Dom line, where it's him and Letty talking, and she, you know, doesn't have memory, and she's telling him, she's like, you're looking at me with 15 years worth of memories and i can't give that to you and then she says i have nothing like i've got nothing and he says you've got me but what she's saying mm. is i've got nothing to offer you but time no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i had to throw it in there you just <laughs> yeah you set me up so well for I it i did so she's saying like i i have nothing to offer you in this relationship and he says you've got me to offer me <laughs> Yeah, it just seemed like he like wasn't really listening to her. Let's see. So I wrote down no knees to knees. So we got to something that you wrote down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Oh, I love when we get to Lucas Black and that he ages nine years in two seconds. I did notice this. So I was going to say he's obviously 35 in the first one playing a high school kid in Tokyo, yeah. in Tokyo Drift, right? And mm-hmm. then you get to him here. And he is, like, full receding hairline, like, all the way back to, like, the back of his head. And you're just like, you're not 19. Like, you're you're not 18 even, right? He has to be, yeah. like, 17 for the part. So it's like, oh, God, you're so old. Just that they use the archive footage. So you see the transition. Because when you first oh, see yeah, yeah. him, they're using Tokyo Drift footage. And then it, like, yeah. cuts to the new footage. And it's like, this person... This is not 30 seconds later. I want to say two things about that scene. Number one, I don't know if I ever really thought about it when I watch this movie again, but I like that we go back to Tokyo again with the DJ Shadow song. I think it's the same one, right? Like, it's the same one. Yes. 
on we Sean's do. first day of school. Mm-hmm. You know, the DJ Shadow song. And then here, we go there. It's sort of like we're, we're returning home with the music. So it's the look, it's the characters, it's the song. Yeah, because once the song comes in, even if it like it's at a different pitch or whatever, you're like, oh, cool, we're going back to yep. Tokyo. Yeah. And mm-hmm. number two, Sean is the new Drift King, which I don't think we really ever paid enough attention to in the past. Do you just become like is is Drift King like heavyweight champion of the world? Like if yeah, you it's beat a belt. Drift King, yeah. you become Drift King. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Okay, if so you beat he, the Drift because King, he won that race down the mountain. Did he kill DK off the mountain? Uh, well, no, DK fell down the mountain, but I don't think DK died. I think DK just had to leave town. I think that was the thing, right? Whoever loses leaves town. Okay, well, if the original Drift King gets pushed out of town by the by some kid. You're definitely the new Drift King. And by his his disappointing Hattori, Hattori Hanzo elder family member, right? Like, Yeah. But yeah, so like, Sean is Drift King. Like, that's, you know, I was I, I, I wrote down, again, I don't know if I can say this word. I, I wonder how Tokyo feels about having a Gaijin as their Drift King. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird, right? Times they are changing. What else you got, Austin? Yeah. And I was surprised. I thought they, they would weave him in a little more. I thought, like... I want Bow Wow back so bad. We want Twinkie back. We want Sean. We want everybody yeah. back. Yeah, they should bring more people back. But I, he, I thought he was a good character, and like I, I wanted a little more than just like a scene. We're kind of on the outskirts of that though, because generally speaking, everyone hated Tokyo Drift. Right. So for them, I think that 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 cameo was like enough to give us like to wet our whistle, the people that like Tokyo Drift. But if they would have made shot a character again, I could see that like a lot of people would be like, "God damn it, this again!" You know, like yeah. But I'd rather see him than Scott Eastwood in 8. Well, that's true. But also, like, in 8, you know, like, how when they're having, like, that big, basically all hands on deck in New York, and that guy that he, give, he like, beats, that Dom beats in Cuba in Havana, is now all of a sudden in New York helping out. Like, why is he there? Like, he has no <laughs> affiliation with the family. Like, why can't they call in Sean from Tokyo? Like, that would mean more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The plane scene, the, the centerpiece action scene where they... Yeah. Mm-hmm. go out of the they jump out of a plane inside cars i think is like the best thing that could be done with cars like in this franchise and in this world like i just i don't know which way is up from here kind of thing like how do you top this yeah yeah so i definitely like had that thought like going into fate they can't top this you know and that was kind of topping where they, like, jump off the cliff in the car in and, and Fast Five, and this was, yeah. like, going to the next level, and it's like, now what? And I feel like it's, like, it's so perfect, and it's really well, the way they put it together, the way it's shot and edited, it's, it's like, really clear what's happening and really well done, and it, it's just so perfect, and I think it's a really, like, perfect moment in action cinema and, and cinema in general. I don't think it can ever be topped. Like, that's the, it's in a franchise about fast cars, this is the best thing that you can possibly do, is have them parachute out of an airplane. I mean, it's, it's got to be in space, right? Got to go to space. I mean, that'll, I, of course I want them to go to space, but I don't think, like, stunt-wise or just, like, visually, it'll still have yeah, anything yeah. as amazing as that. Like, what a sure. fucking amazing concept, and it is how great. well they pulled it off, and I just, yeah, a lot of... Just wanted to rave about that scene. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, definitely. It, it's so good. Oh, and then I liked later in the movie when they're jumping from building to building in the, the fast car. And Brian says, yeah. don't do this. Cars don't fly. And I was like, where were you 30 minutes ago? 
<laughs> well, do you remember? I mean, at the very beginning of the, at the very, very beginning of the movie, he says uh, when, his, when his son is playing with a toy, right? And he's like, you know, cars flying. He's like, cars don't fly. So he, he just got that in his head, like cars don't fly. He's, yeah, you know, he's, he's stuck to the ground. That. But I just thought for those yeah. things to be in the same movie, like almost in a work. True. That's very true. Also, given the fact that like there are cars jumping in and out of like the plane in the last movie too, like it's not like these movies are far. Like the idea of planes <laughs> and cars together uh, is like a new concept to these movies. That's yeah, true. exactly. Vin Diesel's face during those car jumps, like during the building jumps in the car, I feel like it's a face we've never seen from him before, where he doesn't look confident, where he looks genuinely like, scared and like he looks genuinely unsure of himself. And I, I think it's like the best acting Vin has done in this series. But huh. like he looks really freaked out. Like he doesn't know if this is going to work out. And we have never seen that from his character. Because I feel like the scene, he's, he's also unsure of himself. I feel like at the end with the helicopter when they're, oh, when, he, yeah, when maybe. he hits the Nas and goes up. Because he's like, he, it feels like he like had all the best intentions again and went up there. And then like he hooked the bag of grenades and then like, it's like, oh no, I didn't think this part through. And looks genuinely panicked in, when he's trying to like land the car and trying to steer the car in midair, which I don't know if that's <laughs> a thing you can do or not. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I guess we just see more of his panic face in the the building jumping. You're right because we don't see him too shocked or like scared, like unsure of himself in other places. I have to pay more attention to it. Yeah, we don't know when these scenes were shot, right? So I'm I'm trying to figure out if he's thinking like. I don't know how this is going to look without Brian in the car. I think it is something like that. I think it is something like... Or do you think it's him actually acting, being like, okay, now look scared shitless because you're jumping a car between buildings. Like, yeah. I can't tell I if know. it's like, if he's like, oh man, like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Like, kind of like uneasy about the filming of it because he's, you know, directly involved in this. So it's like, yeah, is this going to sell? Like, it, is it going to sell in the sense that like you believe Brian's here and maybe he is not, or maybe he was, because I don't know, like, at what point, you know, he's in the scenes or not in the scenes, so. Yeah, I think it might be some of that, too. I bet it is something like that, but, I mean, he may be using that intentionally for the scene. Yeah, he may be channeling that on purpose, so it might be both. Yeah. So earlier in the movie, where he's, like, very sure of himself, is the scene where he's surrounded by, like, all the cars in in the desert, and he has Ramsey, like, in the, the seat, and then he just, like, drives it off the cliff with no plan. Well, that's when he's in his death-proof car, which makes sense he's in the Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's in the movie, right? Because like, he's just, like, put on your helmet, and then he's, like, he straps in and just, like... And I, I forgot that, like, he, that earlier in this movie, he's like, I want the hybrid of this and this. I guess it's for that ex- explicit reason, to fall down a mountain that he knew he was going to do. I, I don't know. I love Makes it. Makes sense. Yeah, I guess I just like didn't connect things because the way it felt was just like he had no plan, and then he just turned and he tells her to put a helmet on, and then is just like, "Don't worry about it. I'm immortal," and then drives off the cliff. The crazier thing is that he has a plan. It's but like the question is like, how did he know that plan? Yeah, he's Dom, man. That's why he's Dom. Well, yeah. he also says something when they're planning the whole thing, and Tej is like. I actually have an idea for how we're going to get in there, referring to, like, jumping out of the plane. And then Dom says, like, 
they're talking about the cars or the weight of the cars or something, and he's like, this time it's not just about being fast. But he says it as if he knows Tej's plan of jumping out of the plane. That has not been spoken out loud yet. Yeah. Like, he just, like, read his mind or something. Or he's just saying it in general. But he says it in a way that implies he knows what the plan What Like, he channeled that idea. It was actually his idea, and he, like, inceptioned it into Tej. Well, what if we find out in a future movie that there's, like, a Stephen King-like twist where he is uh, unmoored from space and time and mm-hmm. is actually from the future? Oh, I'd buy Dom it. Has a few, he has a DeLorean <laughs> in the garage that we didn't know about. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, maybe like there's an alternate reality where, like, Dom died in the first movie. Oh. Or, like, he when he drove off at the end of the first movie, he actually died. And then, like, this is all, like, a broken mind splinter of Brian O'Connor. And that's why, he, like, it, it makes no sense that he keeps going back to the cops because, like, his reality is just crumbling because he tried to save his friend. He couldn't. Um, and the only thing that he knows... And it's, like, Shutter Island, and he's trying to, like, live through it. I feel like this is a little close to, to like, how did this get made, Jacob's Ladder thing that they always It is a little to. bit, yeah. I feel like even if it's not Jacob's Ladder, like, none of it actually happened. Like, just the fact that, like, Dom could be from the future, because, like, otherwise, like how would better. he know yeah. about Tej's idea? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I buy that more, that, that he is And that from could the also, future. in a way, explain how he's able to, like survive the end of the crazy end of six the crazy end of seven the middle of seven and the crazy end of eight right like it's all like these death-defying stunts and he's always almost for sure gonna die and then somehow survives because he you know maybe it's kind of similar i guess maybe to death proof where like every time kurt russell like pushes a cigarette lighter in or whatever he's doing it like reverses like it's like the perfect kill like maybe he keeps doing it and then rewinding it so that he lands the car in the right way. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's got, you know, Forza yeah. Motorsport rewindability. <laughs> <laughs> I always just felt he was just immortal, and they were all they were all kind of immortal, I guess, until they die, because some of them die. That was just a great explanation. I liked it. <laughs> They're all immortal until they die. <laughs> right. When the rock is blown out of the window and, like, falls on the car, like, yeah. it, it, he should be dead, but he just broke his arm. I get yeah. or, or didn't because then he flexes out of the cast which is also one of my favorite moments it's so good but yeah there's a lot of falls that like almost all of them take that they should not survive well there's clearly no fall damage in this universe is what is what the is what the uh they have gravity turned off the, the, no, the video game equivalent is just no fall damage gravity turned off you know yeah. it's Master Chief jumping from the very high it's whatever they want to do yeah, yeah exactly. maybe, maybe it's that but does Giselle die by falling? Giselle sacrifices herself. No, she doesn't fall into the engine. She doesn't? No, no, no. She shoots the guy, and he gets he gets kicked into the engine. Uh, but she falls. She falls. But she also falls less far than Owen does. Like, Owen takes a deathly fall and then just gets, you know, into a, a yeah. coma in the hospital. Giselle falls from still a fall that would kill a normal person, doesn't fall as far as Owen, but dies. I guess that must have just been, like, a decision that she made, that it was her time. It was her time to do Wonder Woman. It's basically what her time was. Well, yeah. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, I kind of wish that it was just across the board, like, they can survive falls, and it takes something else to kill them. Because, like, you know, Han gets in a crash and then is shot in the head. So that's, like, more definitive but yeah i kind of wish something else had happened to giselle that made it more crazy yeah i mean she could be alive we don't know well there is that 
they could always bring her back. I mean, we yeah, talked in the last episode, Joe. Dead. At the end of the movie, yes. they're they're all worried about Dom. They're like, "Where's Giselle?" But like, they are. You know, we figured that somebody did the math online, right? That the runway is like twenty-seven miles long. Like, yeah, <laughs> they lost Giselle twenty miles ago. Yeah, definitely did. It was a long run afterwards, right? So she like. She may not be dead. I mean, she is dead, but she might not be dead. She might have got rescued by someone. Like, what if there's, like, some plane ambulances or something? Giselle comes back. I bet she is still around. That would also tie up a loose end continuity thing, because Han in Tokyo Drift is not mourning. He is not in mourning for the death of his girlfriend. Because of Tokyo no, Drift, he, he, has the picture, he has the picture, a picture of her in the car. In Tokyo Drift? But not in Tokyo yeah. Drift. But in this one. Af- afterwards, we learn that he had the picture of the sure. with right. him but in Right, but Tokyo Drift takes place immediately after this movie, and he's he does not seem like he just lost someone. No, because you're trying to get over it, man. He has to, you know, dance with but Russian if, models. But if you watch it with that in mind, it... It's clear that they didn't know what was coming, you know? Like it, right, no, yeah. right. He's not playing right. it like he just lost someone, but maybe he knows that she's not dead. I love maybe. it. And I, I do think that that sort of follows the Game of Thrones rule where, like, if you don't see them die on screen, they're not actually dead, so... Mm-hmm. I don't think she will come back, because she's Wonder Woman now, but I... I I feel like that character is still alive. Anything else you want to say about this movie? We've we've got a couple games to play. I have a couple quick thoughts that I had when I was watching this. This movie could have done really well with a famous DJ cameo in the party scene, like a la Iron Man 2. Who's the Iron Man 2 DJ? DJ AM is an Iron Man 2. Isn't he? Who's in this one, though? Isn't there somebody? You, you gave me shit for not remembering it last time. I didn't even pay attention to it this time. No, I think it was like, it looked like his computer said T-Pain, but I don't think it is T-Pain. Are you sure? Because you, 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 like, yelled at me last time. You're like, you didn't notice who that was? No. I don't T-Pain, think so. yeah, no, T-Pain, I think he's, um, no, he's, that's him. Okay. But I mean, I want, like, another DJ, not T-Pain, <laughs> Okay. what I'm saying. And, and we could use a few more of these, like, party scenes where you just, like, have a DJ pop in. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of We Are Your Friends. I, I want some more DJ cameos. What was the movie? What was the movie where there's a party on the beach? Uh, is it Jump Street? It's 22 Jump Street, where Diplo is just DJing a party on the beach. Yeah, and the other one was on the note of like the worst scenes ever in this movie. You know, we talked about Ronda Rousey's acting stuff like that. The scene where Brian and Letty are trying to give Dom CPR oh, near the end, yeah, <laughs> is like they did that in one take, and they were just like, I guess that works. Like, Brian's like, no, no, like, hold his head back. And she's like, no, don't touch him. And they just, like, yell at each other for a while and then just, like, give up on the CPR. And Letty just, like, talks, she memories Dom back into life. Yeah, and Brian even mm-hmm. says something, like, very, like, passive-aggressive, like, oh, just keep breathing air into him or something. Like, it's just, like, this weird, it does feel, like, very chaotic and rushed. It was just, like, I was like, oh, man, this scene was bad. And, like, I didn't remember it. <laughs> and, like, it's it's pretty rough to watch again. And I was like, we should have maybe reshot that one at least once with, like, a different tone <laughs> a little bit and try to figure it out. But they didn't seem to care. Just ran through it. <laughs> but, yeah, those were the t- those were all the things I had in my notes when we covered all the rest of them while we were talking. Yeah, that's all I got. Well, Austin, are you ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? Oh, I already know. I'm no knees Denise. <laughs> <laughs> I do not think she's an option. <laughs> oh, I hope. 
I hope I get But God, now we need knees. to add her to ours, Joey. <laughs> They'd be like, how many knees do you have? One? Zero? <laughs> it's just one or two, and then if somebody writes in the answer of zero, be like, oh, you're no knees and knees, I guess. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like an Easter egg in the thing. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's so genius. Okay, perfect. It just, like, supersedes every other option. Okay. We found this quiz. Joe found this quiz online. We There's 13 questions. We don't know what certain answers mean. If there's a question, if you have a question about it, feel free to ask. We might not know the answer because it's all just, it's also sort of feels like nothing. There's no rhyme or reason for a lot of this. But we are going to play Which Fast and Furious Character Are You? So there's, like, a quiz you found on online yeah it's okay. just yeah. like you know like a, a j like a, a teen vogue quiz or whatever like a yeah, yeah you know which disney princess is your best friend all right Cosmo yeah magazine type quiz yeah all right awesome first things first how fast do you like to go nascar roller coaster vespa roller coaster second thing second how furious are you hulk sam kinnison furious styles sam kinnison the comedian Fury Styles from Boys in the Hood. Well, Sam Kinison's Fury is pretty much entirely directed at women. Oh. He's the worst. He's a monster and, and fuck him forever. No, so we, we weren't like really sure about his Fury. So you just cleared that up for me at least. So. Oh, yeah. He's extremely hateful and misogynistic. And he, I watched one of his specials like around the time I first started doing stand-up and literally thought like like he kind of inspired me in a way because i was like i want to do the exact opposite of this oh okay (laughs) okay Okay. you know there are a lot of like comics who i who i respect and who have really who are are not horrible people who really like him and like get something out of his work and he has he has a lot of charisma and he was like a clever writer a a horrible person (laughs) like a terrible person like i kind of get what people see in him and and how he was like certainly how he stood out but i mean this is another conversation but uh not him some hulk or furious styles i mean i haven't i don't remember boys in the hood well enough it's questions like these that have inspired joe and me to uh, between laps two and three of the show, we're going to write our own quiz, kind of solve, it. try to think, try to do it better yeah. because yeah, we love the idea of it, but it's it's difficult to actually kind of predict. Some of the questions are great, some of them are interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I need to rewatch Boys in the Hood since it is from the director of Too Fast, Too Furious. John Singleton. Yep. I'm gonna go with Hulk. Okay. Okay. Sorry for that very long answer. No, it's okay. <laughs> Who would you risk your life for, Austin? Family, friends, anyone, or no one? Family. Choose a one-liner. Why don't you just pack it up before I leave tread marks on your face? I'm a boy who appreciates a good body regardless of the make. When are you going to give Martin Luther King his car back? He's like gravity. Everything just gets pulled to him. There's never nothing. There's always something. Ride or die. One that I wish that I could add today. Who do you think you are? No knees, Denise? (laughs) God, I like the, uh, he's like gravity. Things are pulled to him because I feel like that's the only one that makes sense. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's the worst answer because it's the only one that makes sense. <laughs> so I'm going to go with there's never nothing. Is that what it is? There's never nothing. There's always, there's always something. something. Yeah, that, uh, that's very poetic. I don't know what that, where that is in which movie, but I need to pay attention for it. There's a couple of those, like the Treadmarks one we, we caught. We know, The Martin yeah. Luther King is car back we yeah, caught. Yeah, we know. Yeah, I don't get that one, but maybe that's just, do I just not know cars? I don't know enough about what Martin Luther King drove. Awesome. Somebody you have a crush on is standing over there. What will you do? 
Nothing, let them come to me. I'm going over there. Stand here and stare at them. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. You just run away? <laughs> yeah. That's a good answer. You're yeah, giving leave. answers I don't think we've had so far. Okay. This <laughs> yeah. one has uh, a, a visual component. Choose your ride. 2010 Alfa Romeo Giulietta. 2009 Dodge Challenger SRT8. Plymouth Roadrunner. Gurkha LAPV. Or 2010 Koenigsegg CCXR. I like the Giulietta. All right. Oh, wow. We've never had anybody pick that one. Looks like it's a cool car I mean, it, for sure. It looks like it, just a very practical car. <laughs> what if he like unlocked? Like, what if he was no knees and knees? Like, there's like the six <laughs> characters we know about, and then there's just like some random ass character. Like, that yeah. would be cool. What's the who you said earlier? Joe, I can't remember his name right Jesse. now. Jesse. Jesse. Yeah, yeah, Jesse. Yeah. I could, maybe I'll get Jesse. Which of these opposites do you tend toward? Positive or negative? Uh, positive. How do you feel about lying? I'm a big liar. I lie sometimes, no big deal. If I do lie, I feel bad about it forever. Call me Honest Abe. Uh, yeah, Honest Abe. Okay. Yeah, because if I lie, I feel bad about it forever. Well, I already clicked on Honest Abe, so you, you, try, yeah. you try not to lie, though, so okay. Yeah, yeah, Honest. How do you say goodbye to someone you love, Austin? Remember <laughs> them every day, question. turn your back and walk away, <laughs> pour your 40 out, you don't. I think you gotta walk away. Wow. Wow, okay. Okay. I mean I'm assuming there's a reason you're splitting you're splitting. Choose an action hero. John Kimball from Kindergarten oh. Cop, not that picture. John Matrix from Commando. <laughs> James Carter from Rush Hour. Nikita from the Femme Nikita. John Rambo or The Rock as Hercules. Uh, I'm a Nikita. Okay. Okay. Is it who am I, or just like who's? Just choose one. Who I like. And that's, just that's you know. Yeah. That's, that's that was where your just picked. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I'll still go Nikita. What's your favorite article of clothing? My dark jeans. My favorite wife beater. My too tight T-shirt. My old sneakers. My leather jacket. Uh, I'm gonna go with your old sneakers. <laughs> my old sneakers. <laughs> okay. Awesome. We teased this about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> it's our anniversary. What are we doing? <laughs> Candlelit dinner for two somewhere dark. Let's just go somewhere dark. Let's drive. Uh, yeah, let's drive to the drive-in to watch The Fast and the Furious. All right, let's in, drive. in the dark. <laughs> Last one, Austin. Last visual component. If you were to have your photo taken, what would the background be? <laughs> Desert, Ooh. blue sky, garage, city lights, and explosion. <sighs> City lights. All right. Okay. Oh, shit. What? Oh, we get a new one? We did not, but we have a match. Austin, you matched me. You also okay. matched Joe's wife, Rachel. You are Brian O'Connor. Okay. Fearless and reckless with the blind spot when it comes to the opposite sex. You're cool under pressure. You welcome it actually. Getting the typo, I don't know. You welcome it actively? I don't know. <laughs> and respond to a fast lifestyle that keeps you on the move. You and love gambling, you'll stand up for what you believe in, and you drive, drive like, the, like wind the wind blows. Okay. Perfect. I like that. So, yeah. I like that You're description. 
Has anyone gotten like Tej or Roman or? So there are Roman. We don't think Tej is a character. So we think that there are six. There we for sure have gotten Brian and Mia and Roman and Dom and Hobbs. Yeah. And I played the quiz on my own just to see if Letty is a character. Because we're like, Uh Letty has to be a character. Yeah. And I was able to get Letty. Like picking the right answers, I got Letty the first try. Okay. But I think I don't think that there's a character beyond that. Um, If you're out there and you're listening and you got a different character, email family at cageclub.me. Let us know what you got. But, you know, we're going to write our own quiz, like you're saying, Austin. But we're going to have, like, as many answers as we realistically uh, conceive possible. And, you know... Because like there's there's so many characters in these movies, and this quiz was written recently enough to include Hobbs. Like, why would you not include Tej? Why would you not include yeah, so many people, Giselle, whoever? Exactly. I mean, if it was right after Fast Five, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it's just which Fast Five character are you? But yeah, but I like my I like my result. Brian's good. That's a it's a good one. It's a good one. It's one of the mm-hmm. best ones, I think. Um, we're actually going to do before we do the other game, Joe. We're going to play a game, Austin. We had a listener, Wes, send in a picture of a car. I'm going to try to get Joe to guess it because the 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 fun of this game is that I know nothing about cars, mm-hmm. and Joe knows a lot about cars, and so it's fun to frustrate him with my absolute inability to answer simple questions. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you, Austin, on Twitter in your DMs, slide into your DMs like, I'm going to send you the two pictures of the same car. And so I want you to look at these. Don't, you know, you can give hints when we come to it, but I want you to be able to be there and be in my corner as Joe asks yes or no questions. If I have, if I struggle to answer questions, I want your help with this. Okay. I'll do my best. I know it's, it's very difficult. So do not feel any pressure. (laughs) Joe, this one, I will say Wes writes that he'll keep sending them if it's fun for us. But there's no need to keep the segment alive if he's the only one doing it. Hey, man, like we we like do I like doing this. I like doing it too. It's and fun. if you like listening to it, we will do it as many times as yeah. we can do it. So I'll play it. Mm-hmm. He says, "By the way, read last episode's choice. Repo Men is a near future sci-fi action movie from 2010 with Forrest Whitaker and Jude Law, the young Pope himself, about guys that repossess artificial organs from people who have defaulted on their payments. It's much better than the similar sounding Repo, the genetic opera." It's depressing and fun and weird, and the RZA has a cameo, and it produced a great song for the soundtrack. Plus, I just read that in one of the city scenes, there's a billboard for Fast and Furious 10, which he writes out as Fast and Furious X, which that would be kind of cool. The hmm. movie takes place in 2025, so they might not be that far off with their timing. So Yeah, to be honest, yeah, wow. So this is a Japanese car. Okay. Uh, a little, little bit of a backstory here. Wes's dad restored one of these. Ooh. While he was in high school, okay, um, it was produced for four years. Oh, this is uh, these are facts that he sent you. He sent yes. Okay, so it's like, how do you know it's Japanese from the picture? <laughs> oh, yes. God. Glad you're going to help a lot. <laughs> Thanks. It's part of a certain line of something. Okay. Um, is <laughs> of, it very rounded? Uh, is it very rounded? Um. I would say the front is definitely more rounded than the back, but I wouldn't say the car is very round on okay. a whole. Would you agree with that, I Austin? don't even understand the question. <laughs> okay. Um, do the headlights pop up, or are they round? They are embedded, and they are round. Okay. They do not pop up. Okay. I, I agree. <laughs> is, is it like a Toyota? No. Mazda? No. Honda? No. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, Acura. Nope. Lexus. Nope. 
It's Japanese, remember. Those are Japanese cars. Lexus is Japanese? It's just Toyota, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Learn something new. T-I-L. Today I learned. <laughs> it's not, though. Not Nissan. It is a Nissan. Nissan. It is a Nissan? Yeah, you didn't guess Nissan. I asked you if it... Oh, no, I said Mazda. Sorry. Nissan. Okay. Nissan. Is it a Skyline? Nope. What's weird? I know that they're... I think they're different cars, but it feels like... If you asked me to describe what the back looked like, I would describe it very different back than what the actual back looks like. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it sort of seems like the back does not align with the front very well. Okay. Yeah. Just like visually. Yeah. And it has rounded headlights. Yep. Produced from 1975 to 1978. So like a really old ass Nissan, huh? Um, I don't know. What is like two door? It's okay. part of a line of sport coupes. The Nissan S30 line of sport coupes. Yeah. No idea. It's a Datsun 280Z. A Datsun? A Datsun's it's like its Datsun. own thing, though. It's a Nissan Datsun. Is it actually called? I thought Datsun was like its own motor company, though. I googled it, and Datsun 280Z, the Nissan S30. Oh, that's really cool, though. Sold Japan as the Nissan Fairlady Z, and other markets as the Datsun uh, 240Z. Yeah, the, so I guess yeah, America, it, is, it, was a it was made by Nissan. Yeah. Is this a rounded car? Yeah, I would say this is pretty roundy. Okay. I think the back is pretty boxy, though. Yeah, so you'd be like, okay, fast back, and then it comes to like a flat edge, rounded headlights, but they're inset. You probably have some covers on them. I like the I like this wing thing on the back windshield on the back window. Mm-hmm. Those are really cool. And do you agree with me, or maybe not, that like the the way that the back looks does not seem to align much with like how the front. Like if you look at the front, you're like, oh, that feels oh. like a different back. No, in in these years of these cars, like all of the like Celicas and stuff like that, like all kind of had this okay. same feel. That's cool that his dad re- restored one when he was in high school. I like that. That's an interesting choice. You know, you always have, like, your dad's pet car that could be something weird that isn't, re- like, wasn't super popular, but is meant to- meant something to him. So, I like that. Well, okay, so we have one more game to play here on the show, Austin. It's a quick game. Yes. Thank you, Wes. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you, Wes, for sending <laughs> in the car picture. Thank you, Wes, for sending in the car picture. We have one more game to play. It's called This Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, Do We Have a Podcast for You. Awesome. The, the, the way that we play this game is that all three of us are going to go onto Twitter, a social networking platform that you may be familiar with, mm-hmm. find any tweet, and we're going to respond as at Cage Club Pod, our Cage Club Twitter, by saying, boy, do we have a podcast for you, hashtag 2F2F, hashtag Fast and Furious, hashtag Too Fast, Too Forever, and then put a link to our show page on cageclub.me. It's basically a way to spread the word, spread the gospel, kind of harass people a little bit in terms of... Mild harassment. Mild harassment, but uh, it's a fun way to play it. So while we reviewed last week, Austin, if you want to go on Twitter, if you want to find any tweet that you think might get people to respond, the goal of this is to get people to either like it or retweet it or reply to it or email us or whatever. Basically, get people to engage with our brand Let's review last month. Joe, you tweeted okay. at a guy named Sir Gawain82, who yeah. said, I cannot forgive the world's longest runway ever. What was that in seven? Because this is the, the exchange back and forth. Remember about the, the best bad movies or whatever? The guy yes. found the, the clip from, yeah. from Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay. Joe, for the second month in a row, the person you tweeted at blocked us. Oh. Sir Gawain82 <laughs> nice. not only did not respond, but blocked us, so we are not 
allowed to see his tweet anymore, so zero points for you. I found a guy uh, at Garbage Bagels. Nicolas Cage of the Mandy premiere is my new favorite Fast and Furious villain. Side note, Mandy looks fucking awesome. Just a picture of Cage in his gold jacket. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Now, here's the thing, Joe. Garbage Bagels did not like it, but somebody named at Sheriff underscore Dean liked the tweet. Yeah, that's a point. I don't know who Sheriff Dean is. I don't know if Sheriff Dean listens to us. Uh, but one point for me. Yeah, one point for you. Nine for you, five for me, one for Chris Mattiello, Chris Podcast. Okay, Jordan, our guest in the last one, co-host of the Wistful Thinking Podcast, tweeted that, at Michael Bontia, Michael Bontia, rewatching Fast and Furious 1 to 6, and then I realized that Paul Walker left the legacy, RIP. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Again, Austin, this, in case you didn't get the gist while we were playing this, very difficult to score points. In the history of the two laps, basically, that we've played this game, We've only had like three or four tweets score points, so it's a very difficult game. It's hard, we don't know but we're how keep to track, win, and we're playing forever, so it doesn't really this matter. This ain't no ten second race. Okay, do either of you? I got mine. You found a I tweet got one. Okay, it's from at Oliosa. Okay, Ollie Hill. They run around the mothership. Hobbs and the Papa alien have a high octane fist fight inside the tractor beam. Dom mumbles repeatedly about galactic family and living one quarter parsec at a time. The aliens weep as they realize the error of their ways. All is well. I love it. Yep. Oh, actually, I talked a little bit before about um, how good uh, the Gal Gadot parts were in Ralph Breaks the Internet, but there is in this movie called The Rider, which I told you that you should watch, Joe. Austin, okay. have you seen this movie called The Rider? No, it looked very bad to me. It is very interesting. So the, the, the behind the scenes is that this woman, this director who wrote and directed it, uh, was making her previous movie, caught wind of this kid's story, and basically, instead of making a documentary about him, kind of made a fictional version of what happened to him. So okay. it's all, like, not non-actors. It's very weird, but it's very unique in how it is. But it's about uh, rodeo riders, buck and bronco riders, and at the closing title card it says... Something about how these guys live their life eight seconds at a time. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, That's just like so living life close. a quarter mile at a time. Okay. So, Joe, you said to Aliosa, boy. they run rings around the mothership, blah, blah, blah. Boy, do we have a podcast, podcast for, you. for you. Send. Send. Joe, here's my tweet, which honestly makes me disappointed. The best evidence that Hollywood is run by idiots is that there's no Fast and Furious Christmas movie from at Mike Lee Pearl. Oh. Mike Pearl on... Twitter, he is Did you terrified. search Fast and the Furious Christmas? I just searched Fast and Furious. This was the top thing that came up. Oh, damn. Okay, cool. So I'm going to reply to him. This is from three days ago. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. This is the kind of guy that I feel like I would love to have on the podcast, because he gets it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, now, Austin, have you found uh, a tweet that you would like us to uh, respond to? I didn't find any gold with what I was going for. It's a hard thing. We don't know how you play, how you win, who scores what, who responds... <laughs> We have no idea. We've we picked fun ones. We picked shitty ones. We picked ones that people respond to. It doesn't seem to matter. And like we really run okay. the count. Like here, like Joe's tweet has no interaction, no likes, no retweets, no replies. Mine has a ton. There's no right or wrong way. You know what I mean? Like it, it's... yeah, it's not like we've been like oh yeah, final. It's like you know at least a hundred likes, and it's usually good. No, doesn't make any sense. Okay, so my method was to search for a tweet about the movie Monster in the Closet. Oh. Do you guys know of it? No. I don't think so. Paul Walker's debut film when he was, like, 12 years old. Okay. So I was just trying to find something that, like, mentioned, like, Paul Walker in that movie. And I... So I'll send it. So it's just this 
someone did a poll that was like, what movie has a connection Ooh. to car chases and peas? Huh. Um, yeah. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Sleepaway Camp. What? Well, that's okay. a wrong answer. <laughs> so Monster okay. in the Closet was the right answer, but a lot of, it looks like most oh. people said Chainsaw 2. Here's a hint. It has to do with an actor and an actress. Okay. Oh, Fergie was in it too. Oh, oh right. Yes, that's the piece. Oh, that's connection. the piece. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Boy, okay. we have a podcast for you. Well, Mike Morbid at J Mike Morbid on Twitter. I'm into it. Yeah, I dig it. Okay. That was a good one. He's Hopefully into it, it works. too. You guys should cover Monster in the Closet. Ooh. We are we are going to like eventually in a couple laps when we don't want to just talk about this movie, these movies. Yeah. We're going to cut them in between with like themed laps, and the first one we are going to do is the uh, Paul Walker memorial lap. So I'm going to write down oh, here. Oh, nice. Monster yeah, put it in closet. there. This sounds very interesting. If it's his debut movie, and yeah. I think we'd have to do it. He plays like a nerdy little kid named Professor. <laughs> okay. It's a fun movie, it. too. I really like the movie. I'm down. I'll watch it. Well, Austin, thank you so much for joining yeah, us and for telling you, us most recently about Monster in the Closet. Joining our family. Oh. You're now part of the family. Oh, thank you. Officially. You're also now officially a Brian, just like me. <laughs> so once we, uh, Joe and I, figure out how to do our own quiz, maybe we'll have a family reunion lap as a thing that I coined today, Joe. Oh. Or we can bring back past guests and we can have them do a like new that. quiz. Talk yeah, about a different movie. I like but it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us Thank you so on much this for episode. It was great to talk to you. You're always welcome here on any of our oh, shows. Amen. If you want to if you want to check out uh, Austin's other episodes, he was on our 15 minutes episode of Watch the Throne. He was also on the Poison Ivy the New Seduction episode of Third Times a Charm, which Austin I told mm-hmm. Mike was that's the only Poison Ivy movie that I knew about because I remember when I was uh-huh. a, a teenage boy, the Jamie Presley in a bathtub scenes were uh, very important to me. Memorable. Very memorable. Yeah. But why don't you tell a little bit about uh, what Mike loves, what I love, what I share with Joe, uh, mm. your Instagram reviews that's, that are now on YouTube. You call them Cinema Stories, is that right? Yeah, so very uh, difficult to search. I like the name, Cinema Stories. It's very simple, but I, I feel like it's bad for searching YouTube. But you can search my name, Austin Wolf Southern, and you'll find them in their movie reviews. So I record them first on Instagram, and I like that because it, it cuts me off after 15 seconds. So I have to yeah. review movies in 15-second increments. So I have like a timeline to like get these thoughts out and get these jokes out, and then I'll add like stupid gifts that Instagram offers. I try to make jokes and make them funny you can follow me on instagram at wolf southern is where they go up first and then i i do a youtube version and they go up on youtube and your cats make appearances oh yeah yeah and my my cats make frequent cameos do they tend to agree with you on movie tastes or disagree with you they agree with me they don't really have the attention span for movies but (laughs) like if i tell them you know that it's a really good movie they're like okay cool (laughs) (laughs) His name is in the episode description, but if you want to find him, there's no U in Southern. Wolf yes. Southern. Wolf spelled normally. Southern without the U. Yeah, and it's hyphenated. Um, on Instagram, though, it's just Wolf Southern is one word without the hyphen. I was saying to Joe that we found you because you had such good taste in your Letterboxd top four. And you're Wolf Southern on Letterboxd, too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow me on Letterboxd, too. You're always welcome on any of our shows. Um, we've got 22 of them over at cageclub.me. Uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. And for all of you out there, if you want to check out more of us, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. We are also on Facebook this show at facebook.com slash too fast too forever. You can email us, family at cageclub.me. 
Like I mentioned, we have a Patreon now if you want to get merch, if you want to get more audio content, if you want to support us. You can go to patreon.com slash forever. Even as little as $1 a month can get you some cool stuff, so go check that out, and we encourage you, if you want, if you have some extra money, to do that. Plus, you know, like I said, merch can be in your future for this show if you want to if you want to be proud about you know the fact that you listen to the show maybe you don't maybe you don't want to maybe maybe it's a secret shame i don't know i don't i don't <laughs> i don't know your life but yeah so just go to uh, cageclub.me and email family at cageclub.me i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and that was austin wolf southern and we'll see you next time to close out sort of if you don't got the relap recap Lab 2 with Fade the Fury is right here on Too Fast 